genre. The podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. Today we have a bonus feature with the latest edition uh, in the Scream franchise. It's 2023's Scream 6, the second film in, the ro- in a row to be a sequel not featuring the main character of the franchise. Right. That's true. Yeah. Or I guess the original main character of the franchise in both of those cases. But yeah. Sure. Rocky Balboa <laughs> was not in Creed 3. Sidney Prescott is not. Nope. Right? Yeah. Sydney. Yeah. Sydney, Sid- yeah. Sydney Prescott. You Sid- got it right. Who, who's Cindy Campbell? <clears throat> I almost no idea Cindy- who that is. Um, okay. <clears throat> Cindy Campbell. Is that? That might be her name in Scary Movie. That might be Anna Ferris's name. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, that sounds Cindy. like a scary movie type of character. Yeah, name. it is Cindy because I can hear <laughs> Regina Hall saying Cindy. Please continue. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, anyway, Scream Six. <clears throat> it's our first twofer bonus feature in a franchise. We've never revisited a franchise twice. Yeah. A year ago, a year later, Scott. Yeah. Just a like year- Scream Two. That's true. <clears throat> I mean, like that. That's worth talking about. Yeah. Yeah. A they year- turned this around in fourteen months. This time in uh, in January 2022, you and I yeah. were right where we're sitting right now. Yeah. Talking about Scream. Scream, Scream 5. 5 Cream. Everyone calls it Scream 5 now, even even everyone who had to do with the movie. So I think we're all safe to just call it Scream 5. I think they're it like, is- it's a cute title for like what. You know, the point we're trying to make, but also, like, it's Scream 5, everybody. It's Scream 5. It it definitely helps conversationally to call it Scream 5 for context. Yeah. But it is really f- fun that it's called Scream. It is. It is. But the 5, as we learned, the 5 was hidden there all along in the M. Right. Yeah. It's always yeah. hidden in the M. Yeah. That's where the that's where the 5 was. And, uh, and, now, and now in 6... That that's that they had the reveal of the five by showing that there's also a six. <laughs> it's uh, it, it really it, it one ups the Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania reveal. Yeah, yeah, that was a pretty good reveal, though. I'll be I'll be honest. That's pretty. Was there, that was, was pretty there the tight. whole time. Yeah, and and you know this isn't a cheap, you know, rush job of a sequel. This is bigger, more yeah. lavish. Bigger cast, bigger everything. I mean, this yeah. is what we've been talking about going way back to Scream 2, an event. Yeah. It does seem like, you know, this was the movie that they always wanted to get to. Um, 
and that Scream 5 was a love letter to the franchise, whereas this, ironically, <laughs> is meant to be like, and now we're going out on our own and making our own, we're making a new Scream movie, like, you know. Out of wo- out of Woodsboro. Yeah. Um, and, but, and I say ironically because there's so much of the Scream franchise in this movie. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get into how much in our, I liked how we did it last year, Scott, okay. where we did... Uh, sort of like spoiler-free thoughts before going into our walkthrough. Sure, when Let's we do can that like again break things down specifically. Uh, yeah. So talk a little bit about um your your hist- your short history of, of of Scream Six. So you've you've seen the movie twice now in theaters, I believe. Yes, I've seen it twice. Um, I saw it at the earliest show I could see. Um that wasn't a fan showing in 3d uh on thursday got out of work early and was like okay i'm going that 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 <laughs> that ties it up i'm going right now um you have a and- you have a you have a sydney and scream 3 relationship with scream spoilers it's fair to say yes i, I do i do they're it's it's bad uh i'm i'm like really scared of like getting hit by them because of what happened to me on on screen four um like kirby you live in constant dread of what happened to you back in 2011 (laughs) indeed yes (laughs) indeed um yeah it's so funny uh when i saw it with with uh with bethany um i found out uh or or she had the the realization because as we've talked about our first date Bethany and I's first date was seeing Scream 4. And then when Kirby shows up and Gail like gives her crap about uh being a, a zygote FBI agent. Yeah. <clears throat> and um she says, I'm 30. And Bethany just slowly turns to me and is like, I'm 30. And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I was 18 when we watched this the last time. And I was like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like it was really funny. Yeah, um, I, I had a similar, I had, I had a similar Kirby-related revelation that I'm, I'm excited to get to. Yeah. Um. So, so in any event, uh, yeah. So I, 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 I went and I watched it, um, by myself, Thursday night, and the first time I watched it, I will say, I was the thing about Scream, right? Is that there are. There are two types of people who watch a Scream movie. Is what I found in this every review that I've read of this movie, it's exactly the same. You either watch Scream for the journey of the movie, or you only watch Scream for the reveal of who the killers are. And if you don't like how the second part goes, the rest of the movie is a wash for you. And you're like, actually, this movie sucks. And then there's people who like the you know the journey and like the sequence the, the action sequences and and all of that stuff the the kills and whatnot and the revelation of who's doing those things doesn't really have any bearing on whether you would really enjoy the movie or not um or think that it holds together or whatever and i will say that i every review that i read if it was positive they were like yep it's bigger the the sequences are crazier, the kills are crazier, like I had such a good time, what a good ride, whatever. And then if it was a negative review, they would be like, this was the stupidest Scream movie. This is by far the worst one. 
Um, it, it, it's down there with Scream 3 as like the worst Scream and like all these things. But it was always hyper focused on the ending. Um, and I will say that I definitely fell into the latter camp the first time I watched this, where I really did not like the killer reveal at all. Um, I saw it coming a mile away. And then, but then it was like a hat on a hat reveal that like I really didn't like. Um, and, and it just didn't work for me really at all. And so, but I was excited to see it again to be like, okay, now that I know it's just another screen movie again, now, how do I feel? Watch it again. And this movie holds together so well. Like it really does. Like everything works. And as much as I still don't like the reveal, I had the reveal I knew who it was going in now, and I could just enjoy the movie as a movie, and it was so much better the second time. Um, so I ended up really, really liking this. It does it, it ranks firmly in the middle of the camp for me in terms of like all of the screen movies. Um, but and I and I still think I rank it below below five, but I do need to rewatch five. I haven't rewatched it um since last year. Uh, maybe I'll feel differently. I don't know, but it is just so tight. That movie is very, very tight. And like, yeah. And, but again, it's like, but the killer reveal is so good in five. So it's like, you know, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But, um, yeah. So I really, really enjoy this. It's firmly in the middle of the camp for me. I think I rank it fourth overall, but, um, I still had a really, really good time. And once you, I, to me, I felt once I watched it a second time and could see the whole picture, I was getting character arcs and themes and all of these things that kind of go over your head the first time you're watching it because you're so hyper-focused on who, who's going to be the killer. Right. Um, so yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I think it, I think it's, I think it's a really good time. Um, what did you think, Nick? I'm so I'm surprised after all these years that we've been, you know, writing partners and podcasting partners. I'm surprised by how often I am surprised when we are nearly completely simpatico with a movie. Mm. You know, we're like, because we, we kind of stay away from each other when we, you know, we haven't been like DMing each other about Scream 6 all weekend. No, no. So, you know, whenever I hear like, oh, wow, he had almost exactly the same thoughts that I had about everything. And <laughs> somehow I wasn't expecting that, you know? Oh, yeah. But then, then I'm like, of course. I mean, like, yeah. Um, so to catch everyone up, I, too, have seen the movie twice. Okay. I, I, I really wanted to for mm-hmm. a couple reasons. I almost went to go see Creed 3 again. Because, <laughs> you know, there's just so much going on at the movies right now. But... Right. Um, I saw the movie Thursday night and it was, so, there's like, it, when a, when a screen movie comes out, it's like a holiday for yes. horror fans. Yes. Like there were people wearing like their scream jackets with their yeah. like safety pins in. And there were already people on the foot of the stairs gossiping and talking when I was on my way up. Cause yeah, I went to go see it like at eight o'clock. Um, yeah. we saw it in the same theater, a showtime apart. That's so funny. Did we cross each yeah. other and not know exactly it? the same auditorium? Exactly That's the same one. So weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know, like yeah, they, there were people holding, you know, their stab posters that they were passing out. Um, mm-hmm. This is like I had this thought, and this is kind of a fucked up thought, but like it felt like I was inside of a scream movie where like it was set at a stab premiere. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Without the murder. Yeah. Um, there was like the little when I got out of the movie the first time, there were the theater kids that were just like screaming the Demi Lovato song at the end, like to them. <laughs> and I was like, oh right, yeah, they've already heard the song like five times today. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I just yeah, I wanted to see it again. Um, I had only seen Scream five once. Oh. Since our since I watched it in theaters and recorded, I just never got around to seeing it again. So yeah. I rewatched it right before watching six mm-hmm. and so many different thoughts. I kind of had a very different, cause I went back and listened to our franchiseography episode of five. Oh, <laughs> I had a curious, cause I'm like, I was fascinated to see like, like, did we predict stuff? What were our thoughts? How have our thoughts changed? You know? Yeah. And I think I'm looking at five a bit more evenly than I did. Cause we, I was just like on a high when it came out in yeah. January. Yeah. And so my thoughts watching five were like, Wow, this does kind of like in trying to honor both Sydney and Sam, mm-hmm. it kind of ends up not really getting a, a, the best of both. Yeah, sure. Where it feels Cindy's kind of like an afterthought, and especially compared to six, we don't really get, we don't really dive into Sam. Right. I mean, it's uh, the reason why, you know, she doesn't come back for this one. Yeah. Is uh, that's the thing. Everyone is talking about this like it's a money issue. And they're like, she's a businesswoman, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, guys, no one's offering Nev Campbell tons of money to be in stuff. That's not a thing. Like, look look at her career. She's not doing really anything. I think she's on a TV show right now. But, like, she's not, like, a hugely successful actress. Like, she works, but it's not, like, a crazy amount. And to me, it's all about, for her, I think, it was all about, I don't want to play this character again if I'm just going to do a cameo. Yeah. Which, respect. Mm-hmm. But, like... I think the result of her not doing that gives us a movie that is solely focused on Sam and what's Tara take his character? Tara. Tara. Right. That's yeah. funny. Cause last year we couldn't remember Sam. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and, and exactly what you said about like this being the screen, this feeling like the screen movie that radio silence wanted to make in the first place. Yeah. This is overflowing with, themes and character stuff for the core four. Yeah. There's barely enough for Gail. Right. That you're like, oh yeah, like kind of like similar to Rocky and Creed three. They've kind of moved beyond those original characters in a way that as an audience member, I think feels organic and not Mm -hmm. like disrespectful or, or hacky. Um, Mm -hmm. Right with you on the, the killers. Yeah. Where, it's just so like I was because I've never been more hyped to figure out who the killer is. Yes. Because they radio silence do such a good job of like, what the fuck is going on? Yes. Like what is happening? And then you're like, Oh, Oh, it's this. Okay. Uh, and, and then the second, (laughs) (laughs) but then, you know, I had a couple days to think about it, but it's actually kind of cool that they just kind of did that again. And uh-huh. then I had more fun. I think kind of the weakest part for me is um, without getting into spoilers, uh, but can we, we, we can spoil five, right? Yes. Uh, well, yeah, the killers in five, I thought Richie and Amber put on such a show stopping performance. Y- yes. And that finale, I would, I would argue only half of them do. I don't, oh. I don't think Amber is, oh, I love Amber. I don't think Amber is particularly interesting. Um, I, uh, that last when she's like that in, in the in the Stumacher house, she's yeah. just like going from like 
I'm so sorry. He made me do it. I was like, no, you're going to die, you dumb bitch. And it's just like so shameless and so up and down. And I was like, I'm on board with this. Whereas the okay. killer is in six. I was like, they're doing their best. But uh-huh. they were like acting manic as opposed to like, I don't, for me personally. Um, yeah. No, no, no. I, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think right. the, my issue with Amber is just that like, she's not like, I love, <laughs> so there's a scene in six yeah. where there's like a board of all the killers. Right. And uh, in every case, there's a big picture and a little picture of each yeah. pair of killers. Sure. And it's like mastermind assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, Laurie and- Metcalf, Timothy Oliphant. Right, right, right. And and I think the only time, like, yes, obviously Billy Loomis was the mastermind in the first scream. But when you get to the killer reveal in that first scream, I feel like Stu has they have Kevin Williamson had such a an understanding and those actors had such an understanding of those characters that they were able to have equal footing while still establishing Billy as the mastermind. Right. Yeah. Um, Whereas I think in in every case after that, like I think Timothy Oliphant actually does a pretty good job of like yeah of like you know being up there with Laurie Metcalf, but like at a certain point, Laurie Metcalf just shuts him down because she's like, "This isn't about you," you know, which is <laughs> yeah, fine. You're, and that, yeah, you're the lackey. I'm the yeah. one with the big emotional thing I'm trying to do. Yeah, right. But then once you get to four, they try to do the same thing. With with Jill and uh, uh, Rory Culkin, mm-hmm. and you know she ices Rory Culkin almost immediately, so you don't really get to know yeah. him as a, as a ghost face killer in the same way that you barely get to know Timothy Oliphant. And then the same thing happens, I think, with Amber, where it's just like I I don't know, like I I couldn't tell if she like were they dating? Was that the thing? So. We, uh, I don't know if I even knew this when we recorded our episode, but I, there is, um, I believe cut parts of the script and maybe even deleted scenes and stuff that the fandom has gathered and cling on to that show evidence that originally Tara and Amber were supposed to be in a relationship. Oh, like and some people like so so there are there are members of the fandom that ship those two characters because of they're like oh it was cut and it makes so much sense that why she's so possessive and protective of of Tara but then like why did she turn on her was it real and so it, it kind of feels like potentially there were like cuts and nips and stuff that would lead to her being kind of a more muddled character than Stu oh okay that's yeah, they should have left all that in. That would have made her way more interesting as a character. But then I, I, I was reminded of that because there are events, Tara, there are events in Tara's personal life in this movie where I was like, wait, what? why is this happening? And I'm like, oh, wait, I don't think that was canon. Right. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. But, but we'll get into it. But yeah, I had a great time. I Both times watching this were really fun and what you want out of a Scream movie. Um I think what it makes up, what it lacks in like thematic weight or whatever, but we'll get into why I think that might be like a feature and not a bug. And we get into spoilers, but like the set pieces and the dread and the, you know, uh, the look of the movie, everything is just like upped from, from the series. Yeah. I, I agree. I will say, I think my, my only negative that I have for it is that 
I do wish. I wish there was like one more Ghostface sequence in this than Ooh. there is. Do you and know I where? Because I, I well, because I just wish that there's. I wish there was a bigger sequence. Like the biggest Ghostface sequence in this movie is the bodega, and it's like it's a it's a bodega, like it's a small set, you know. Um, yeah, the it, second time it feels, I saw, yeah, it, it feels very small scale for a movie that's supposed to take place in New York City. Yeah, that's I thought that too. Where it, well, the second time when you know what's coming, when when you when our like welcome to Act Three moment, right? I was like, oh, that's right, we're already here. It's already yeah. like kind of wrapping up, and you know the lead up for this movie. You see the poster with like Ghostface with like the Statue of Liberty, or you know, yeah, looming over New York, and yeah, you know, the imagination gets pretty big, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, like I like I would have loved like a se- I, well, see that's the thing I I was about to say I would love a sequence in Central Park and I'm like no they go to Central Park there's just not it's not a Ghostface scene you think it's gonna be and then it's not right um, yeah yeah so I don't know I just well then also that goes back to this did come out a year there was like a year turnaround yeah so I'm very true. interested because we we haven't talked about it yet but this we were freaking out over how well five did at the box office. This mm-hmm. opening weekend blew that out of the water. Yeah. yeah. And off the heels of the public loving five and Jenna Ortega becoming this like phenomenon. I was reading this article breaking down like ev- like everyone on the cast has like over five million followers on Instagram. Yeah. Like Melissa Barrera, Ortega, like uh, uh, Mindy is on Yellow Jackets. So it was just like this, all the, all the planets aligned for this movie to just feel like an event almost free of nostalgia. Right. Right. Much like Scream 2. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not obviously this is bigger, but also, mm-hmm. you know, inflation, et cetera, et cetera. Sure, sure, but sure. Like, but yeah, um, it's, it's pretty crazy. I, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I also have thoughts about like where the franchise should go from here. Um, yeah. which I want to get to at the end. Me too. Um, but uh, yeah, do you want to get into spoilers now? Let's do it. So uh, so definitely worth seeing, especially if you're a Scream fan. Um, it's only playing in theaters right now, but you know, probably be on Paramount Plus by like May. Yeah, I would say on the on the on the long side of things. Okay. Cuz they tend to get their stuff up there pretty quick. Mm-hmm. It's like, is it, what is it? Six weeks? Is that typical now? Six weeks? Yeah. I don't know. Like if it's like as theaters open more, if like things are changing with like, I don't know. Cause smile was on Paramount oh, okay. Plus pretty quick. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember if it was six weeks or nine weeks, but it was something like that. Gosh. Anyway, they're killing it. I read this thing where like, you know, this past weekend, at the time of recording Paramount has scream opening at number one at the box office, dungeons and dragons, open to rave reviews at South by Southwest and right. top gun Maverick is nominated for best picture. S- speaking of that, before we get in, into it, mm. um, speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, did you see the, I know you did cause you were in the same auditorium as me, the Dungeons and Dragons trailer with the honest trailer guy doing the, that freaked me out. I was like, wait, wait, this is a real trailer. And it's the honest trailer guy. <laughs> I was like, especially now that I know, now that I've heard that the movie's really good. Yeah. 
I'm like, did the movie lose a bet? Like, why why is this how you're getting? But now that now that I know it's the honest trailer guy, I'm like, oh, that's what that was the thought they wanted me to have. Yeah, Not, I think why so. are they why are they doing this weird retro in a world where blah 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 and the bad yeah. guys are this way? But I'm like, oh, it's it's a it's a reference. Yeah, it's the honest trailer guy. Um, yeah, that just <laughs> that weirded me out. I was like, I I because I immediately recognized his voice sure. and was like. What is going on? I like when is he going to start making fun of this movie? I was like so confused. Yeah, yeah, you're, that, is, that is one of y'all, you and Bethany's like main comfort channels. Yeah, well, we don't watch everything they put out. Um, okay. and and a lot of the times we'll watch one and we'll be like, well, that was a dud, sure. <laughs> um, but, but I guess you know, it'd be like if you heard like Peter Serretta's voice in an auditorium or like, Oh yeah. That would freak me out. I would Nuki. be so weird. Like, yeah. What? No. <laughs> right. Yeah. <Nuki. laughs> that would be so weird. Um, anyway, in, in, in Dolby with like shaking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie opens with one hell of a cold open. Yeah. Not missing a beat from five, changing it up in a way that feels confident and not like, for the sake of, well, we got to do something unexpected. Yeah. Like, so yeah. We'll, we'll breaking it down, we have Samara Weaving, uh, an alumni, the star of Ready or Not, Radio Silence's big breakthrough film. Using her natural accent. Yeah, which is always great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fucking Australians move around and end up all over the place. I don't know why we constantly make these people do these awkward forced American accents when they have these cool, charming, laid back Australian accents. Yeah, I don't know. She was so goddamn charming. And like, I can't believe how immediately likable she made this character to a point. She has not even five minutes of screen time. And I loved her. And I was so angry when she died. Yeah. It's, Just immediately. It's crazy. It's, it's so evident that, you know, Radio Silence were like, okay, it, we know this actress. Like, we've worked with her. We yeah. know exactly how to, like, we love her. Right. So we know how to make the audience, like, fall in love with her, like, in three minutes. And, you know, we talked about how they're they're so good at that aspect of the Scream franchise. Of getting you to care about this sort of singular interesting really lifelike character and then your heart breaks when they are like brutally slaughtered yeah, yeah. um but i thought but the like, pacing but, and the dread yeah. yeah but like in the first movie changing things up by having the victim of the cold open not die we have a dual cold open mm-hmm. of like a a, a russian nesting doll <laughs> of a yeah. cold open much like scream four but in a d- completely different, in a non-meta way. In a non-Deadpool way. Uh, yeah. So we were watching someone's attempted Scream Cold Open only to have their Scream Cold Open checked and blocked and being like, no, asshole, you're not in You're not in your movie. You're in my scary movie. Right. And like Tony Revitoli, Tony Revioli's character yeah. gets, gets ghost-faced. And- so I had not seen... When the character posters came out, I mm-hmm. largely ignore them because I hate character posters um, in general as a marketing tactic. Uh, here's the thing, marketing people. No one has ever seen a movie because of a character poster. Never in the history of the world. Stop making them. It's a waste of time. Um, um, that, <laughs> that being said, one detail I did notice, or I didn't even notice. Uh, someone noticed on Twitter. If you do look at the posters, the Meeks, the Meeks Martins and the Carpenters are holding their knives in the same way, which is I thought was Oh, that's fun. 
Um, but again, but I, so I had not seen Samara Weaving's character poster because she apparently has one. So mm. I had no idea she was in this movie. Absolutely oh, cool. no idea. Um, so when that started, I was like, oh, fun. Nice. Um, however, I did know that Tony Revolori was in this movie and they totally got me with oh, his yeah? part of this movie. Like I, I fully expected him to be in the whole movie. And then when he shows up in the, like the whole thing of like the reveal goes, he pulls off goes, his he's mask. pulling off the mask. Yeah. All of that. I was like, what are they doing? Oh my God. This is like. I I I I felt like uh, it was like a galaxy brain opening. So Scott, last year you said that you were able to within seconds point yeah. out that the killer was Jack Quaid because yeah. you recognized Roger L. Jackson doing Jack Quaid's cadence. Yes, through yes. the voice filter. I had a similar revelation where, like, the second Samara Weaving picked up the phone, I was like, "That's fucking Flash Thompson." Yeah. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. But but uh when when the real killers show yeah. up and start talking through the ghost I was not fam- I'm not familiar enough with any of those actors to oh. recognize their ghost face voice. So like I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun round 2 trying to pick out when it was Dermot Mulroney. Yes, that's I did try in round 2. That's when I definitely started doing that more. But like in round 1 I was like, yeah, I don't know. I cuz yeah. I don't know any of these people. For um, sure, for sure. But but uh, I will say this. I will say this. Mm. I am so happy. So happy. Like high five myself at the end of this movie when uh when uh uh our 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 himbo king was not the killer. Bulls. Oh, 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 yeah, for sure. When when he was not the killer, I was like, "Oh, thank oh, God!" Because I love that guy. Because I he he is he is he, he so so he is from the show The Other Two, mm-hmm. um, and he is like he's a total himbo, and it's my favorite. He's the best. He was like, but but like he was miscast as the villain on Arrow for two seasons. Okay. He played the big bad called yeah. Prometheus on Arrow sure. um, in later Arrow, and it was awful. And then he gets cast in the other two as like this funny himbo guy, and I was like, I love this guy. This guy's great. So uh, when he was in this, I was terrified yeah. the whole movie that he was going to be the killer, and I was so happy that he wasn't. Wow, he's kind of the anti Richie because yeah, you know, there's a great meta line where he's like, I know it sucks that it's me, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. and when he's leading the charge at the very end, when he runs in before the cops, the you're just so happy. That he turned out to actually like be a good dude and care about Sam. Yeah. Um, yeah. My favorite, absolute favorite detail about him round two is when he's just drinking a Coors and he's ironing his only shirt. <laughs> yes. Before putting it back on. I love him. I love um, him. He's so, the best. So to jump all the way back to the cold open, some uh, two, yeah. two minor things that I loved. Um, I love that the roommates had a last, post- last podcast on the left poster. Yes. That got a laugh. Definitely. In my yeah. Thursday night crowd. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the iconic line, uh, Tony Revioli says, what about my movie? And Ghostface said, who gives a fuck about movies? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. And I love that that line holds up after knowing who the killers are, because it's like, it's such a good setup of like, okay, this is, this is a very different story than five. Yeah. And this is all about true crime. That's. That's what this this is about the actual murders, not the movies. It has nothing to do with the 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 stab movies, other than the fact that Richie really liked them. Yeah, um, I mean Kirby even has that line with Detective Bailey where she's like, forget about the movies, the movies don't matter. Like only the stuff that really happened does. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, so man, it's good. Real to them. And this is, you know, we, we were dancing around it in our spoiler free section, but this is essentially uh, much like how Scream 5 is a remake of the first Scream movie. This is a remake of the second Scream movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the killers of Scream 2 were the parents of Billy Loomis getting revenge on Sydney's very justified but brutal murder of yeah. their child. Well, just the mom. Just the mom. And so this just is the, the dad and uh, their two kids. Uh, and so we'll, yeah, we'll get into a family the, affair. It's a family <laughs> affair. And we'll yeah. deal with all that when we get to the ending. But uh, Tony Revioli. Oh, yeah. So Tony Revioli bumps into Jenna Ortega's character. Tara in the cold open in the cold open. That was the first like everyone's like, oh, fuck. Now. Now I wonder if Jenna Ortega is going to be in the cold open of all of her screen movies, because now this is two cold opens. She's been that's a part true. Of. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and we get really cool Easter egg. Tara is pledging uh, Kappa Beta Zeta. CC's old sorority from Scream 2. Mm-hmm. Um, we get kind of the new status quo. Sam is going to therapy with um, the dad from Ready or Not <laughs> and it scares him away because of all of her business. And right. um, she finds out that Tara is at a frat party from her. That, room- I, well, hold on, hold on before yeah. <laughs> you're, you're going through it really fast. Um, the, the, the therapy scene. Um, I was so glad when he died uh, because he is literally the world's worst therapist. Um, like the fact that he's just like, no, 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 I need to call the police and, and tell them that you confess to me that you did something that they already know about and let that, you okay, go for That's it. what I was, that's what I, I'm still confused after watching it twice is what, what, do, what are the factual, what does the public, like, what do they say on the news? Did they say that, oh yeah, she killed Amber and Richie in defense because they were attacking them. Like, uh, I mean, I assume so. I assume that, like, or or you know, in that way where they're like, yeah, uh, it was a it was a bloodbath that that uh, resulted in the the deaths of the two killers. You know, something like yeah. that. Um, but I'm sure because police reports are public, public mm-hmm. record, part of the public record, that like once the case was closed, it becomes public record, and then anyone can look at any of that information. And so I'm sure at that point, that's when those people looked. And also, not for nothing, but the rumors were started by uh, by one of the killers whose parent is a cop and could easily pull those records and give them to them. So, yeah. so Quinn was yeah, the one so, responsible for sowing the seeds of the, like, Richie Truther movement. Of right. Richie it's, being a good it's guy. It's the only actually. part of the movie that I don't really care for. Um, because it feels a little anti-cancel culture kind of thing where they're like, oh, we manipulated people into canceling you, you know? And Mm -hmm. it's just like, I, okay, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what that has to do with anything, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. in in terms of like, what, like, what does that have to do with like any of the themes that we're dealing with in this, in this movie? Because it seems like we're hyper-focused on family and Right, being yeah. supportive of each other, families being supportive of each other and protecting each other and things like that. So I don't know what cancel culture has to do with that. I yeah, guess. this is kind of the least interested in pop culture that a Scream movie has been so far, I think. Where yeah. It, it really feels, and, and, and Mindy kind of calls it out as such in her big monologue, this yeah. feels like the most episodic Scream movie. 
Yeah. Scream movies used to be like, oh, what do they got to say this time about, you know, it's like the state of the union for horror fans. And right. this is like, it's been fucking 12 months, guys. Like nothing's nothing's changed. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a, that one's a bit of a stretch. It's probably my least favorite, like, uh, like monologue in like the, the, hmm. the, 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 yeah, the meta monologue. It's my, probably my least favorite one that they've done in the whole series at this point. Especially because uh, a lot of it seems it, it it's very toothless the second time around. Like yeah, in Scream Two, you get when Jamie Kennedy's like, "Sorry guys, like something bad might happen." It's part two. Like people might die, and I'm like, "It's you. You don't know it yet, but you're." And this time it's right. like bullshit. None of you are dying. Yeah, yeah. That's very also clear. True. Very clear after this movie that those four, those core four, are fucking Teflon until <laughs> they're like sure that these movies are ending. Which is a criticism yeah. I had of, of Scream 3 and 4, which is they yeah. always make a big huff and puff about how no one's safe, but then the same four people are always safe. That's true. That's true. Yeah, the only time that that didn't happen was uh, uh, was Randy and 2. Yeah. And I said this on the Discord. And, everyone, and everyone's reaction to that death is, yeah. I think, the reason why the main, the, the main, the core three became Teflon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there were, there were times where I was like, I was never because I go to a screen movie knowing that this is what's going to happen, accepting it. Right. So when right. both Mindy and Chad were both dead for a few <clears throat> minutes, I was right. like, that's kind of cool. That's pretty metal. And then it's like, oh, OK, I, I get yeah. it. I do like, though, I will say as a reference to Scream 2, another reference to Scream 2, mm-hmm. I like that not only did uh, uh, did he come back. Um, God, I'm forgetting everyone's names. What is his? Mindy and Chad, Chad, of course, yeah. Chad. Um, they make a big to do about his name being Chad in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Chad. I like that he comes back. Like, not only does he come back at the end after being stabbed a billion times, but he also gets stabbed a billion times in front of the woman who loves him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where she can't do anything about it. <laughs> Just yeah, heart. Yeah, that and yeah. is telling her to run. Run. Um, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, but I I like that he comes back. What was the reference to four? Core four. He says, "What? Oh, core four. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I uh, see, I see. Um, yeah. And speaking of back at the Capizeta Beta party, we get three of the core four partying, living it up. I love how we find Mindy exactly where we left her, just on a couch, macking on a babe. Yeah. Um, one thing I really noticed in part five was just what, and we, we, we call this out in our episode, but what a little asshole Mindy is. Yeah. Just no empathy for her dead uncle, no empathy no. for her mutilated friends. And yeah. what I liked about, that's also why I was kind of like, it'd be kind of, it'd be kind of cool if she died. Cause that's kind of why it's, I kind of think it's funny that Randy dies in scream too, because yeah. he has all the answers, but it, you know, it ends up kind of not like being not, not, not coming through for him. Um, right, right. And it's important to have the characters deal with tragedy, you know? Right. I'm yeah. like, it would it would be an interesting because like, what the fuck is she going to have to say about the next one? What's her right. fucking monologue going to be in the next one? You've now done the franchise monologue. So what's left? There's nothing yeah. left. And uh, so seated with Mindy is her, <laughs> I presume, I, I think girlfriend. I think they're like officially a couple. Uh, yes. wa- watching it a second time through. Well, I couldn't tell because in the first one, it's she does the exact same move where she's like, come on, come on, baby girl, sit on my lap. And so I'm like, oh, is this just like, did they meet that night? Oh, but I see. <laughs> the second time I'm like, okay, I think they've been a thing for like a, a, a few, at least a few weeks. Yeah. Um, Annika, her girlfriend. 
and right. her character and her death is the 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 thing that I noticed watching this movie, especially the second time that jostles Mindy. Yes, and she still has like these really funny like moments. <laughs> get your ghost fast. Get your ghost that face ass away from me, ghost face. Yeah, but you can tell that event. Uh, shook, shook I'm here her. with a Ethan, aka, AKA Ghost GF, aka GF. <laughs> and I'm excited going into seven. How that is going to like affect her going forward? Can she get that same kind of carefree Bart Simpson vibe back or not? My my first my first want on my on my list of wants for the next scream mm -hmm. is that i hope that there's a moment where they all turn to her for the monologue the meta monologue and she's like i don't know man i got nothing yeah. Yeah, this is, i don't, know, I don't like, know what the fuck this is yeah yeah i don't know i don't know what the fuck this is i don't know what's going on <laughs> i that, that, like i would love that subversion of like okay time for the monologue and she's like i don't have one i got yeah. nothing because there were times i wanted six to go that crazy and yeah I thought that's I I literally thought that it was going to be like Jack Reacher was under there. Like, yeah, what is up? And then, you know, what it turns out to be like, you killed my my son, you bitch. I'm like, okay, I've 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 heard this before. Um, yeah. Cool. Like, okay, but you know, I think uh, like, there's some cool stuff in there, but yeah. Uh it was also like it was also just like I I we'll talk yeah, we'll, about we'll, we'll, we'll get, get to it. Okay, okay, so, okay. uh Tara is uh hitting on this guy that or you know, this asshole's hitting on her and she's like, "You know Richie? what?" And Ortega's so good because she's like here she she can see through him and he's like, Hey, I found this bottle of Soko in my room. You wanna go? she's like, I know what this is, but you know what? Yeah. I feel like feeling good tonight. Let's this is what I want. And then her friends stop her and are like, No, you don't want this. Really cool. One thing that we noticed last year with five is how uh it seemed like none of the kids had empathy for each other. Uh huh. Or loyalty. They're all kind of like oh. Sucks that she's dead. Yeah. But this whole movie, even like we have Annika stepping in first and being like, hey, asshole, like you're not going up there with Tara. And then Mason does his or you know, uh, uh, Chad does his thing. Yeah. And then Sam comes in and tases him in the balls. Right. Right. Date they rape Richie. Date, date rape, rape Richie. Richie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, but they really do. They all kind of gather and swarm to protect one of their own. Mm hmm. And like take no prisoners, but Tara's like, I the great great monologue uh, or the little scene where they run out. Tara's like, I can't believe you fucking did that. Like you you leave my life for like five years. Now you won't leave me alone, and you won't let me right. leave. You won't let me live my own life. I don't want last year, those forty eight hours, to scar the rest of my life. I want to be a real person, and yeah. it almost kind of works on a meta level because. In interviews, Ortega says of Scream 5, she's like, I don't know. I was kind of just like screaming and crying the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know who Tara is when she's just like at a party or talking. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so how did you feel about this? Like that bit of. I so so I I, I love it. And I guess we're going to be we're going to have to keep bobbing back and forth to like sure. the ending to the beginning because it all. Sure. When, when whatever... things remind us of other things. Yeah, but like here, right? Yeah. We're establishing the core four. And what I love about this movie mm -hmm. is that it is literally our core four of heroes versus a core four of villains. Because yeah. while there's only three of them, Richie is a part of that family. So right. there was four of them. And now there's wow. only three. And now and they are they are animalistically 
going after the person who hurt him. And yeah. that's exactly what happens in this scene. That's true. Wow. Yeah. And, and Mindy even says later on, like, we're family. Right. So right. it is It is kind of like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, it's a really cool mirroring that I, mm-hmm. I fucking loved the second time I watched this. And to compare these to the classic movies and something that I uh, that you mentioned this of like, you know, we, you know, yeah, the one's a classic, but we shouldn't put it on a on a pedestal, mm-hmm. you know, of like, oh, it's this perfect thing that can't be touched. And something that I remember having issues with throughout our series on franchiseography was it never felt like Dewey and Gale and Sidney and Randy when he was alive were that close. <laughs> yeah. It was always, I, every new I screen always movie, got the se- they, they all had relationships with each other. Yeah. But not as a group. Yeah. It was like Gail and Dewey, Randy and Sid- Sydney. But there was always that Dewey awkward, and Sydney. Dewey yeah. and Sydney. Gail yeah. and Sydney. Yeah. Randy and no one else. Literally. Randy. I guess R- Randy, Randy and Dewey had that one scene. That was really <laughs> great. The be- One of the best scenes in screen, <laughs> too. But yeah. <laughs> Would you stab on that? God damn it. I can watch it. Uh, I fucking love that movie. Yeah. I love so, it. So, but like, you know, there was always that part at the beginning of every screen movie where it was like, hey, Gail. Hey, Sid. Like, what's going on? Oh, no, you know, it's new. Yeah. And so these scenes of just them, like, in that early 20s, like, living together, living under one roof, sharing a, like, a table and leaning, like, laying their heads on each other's shoulders. It yeah. was like, wow, I don't know if they ever got to feel this much like a family back in the 90s. And I'm, I'm kind of right. digging it. Yeah. No, absolutely. But I and I think that's the, uh, I I literally think that's that's what Radio Silence and um, the Vanderbilt. the writers. I think that's what they're doing. You know, like in terms of like that. That's what this whole movie is about. It's about like found family versus real family, and 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 yeah, like all of that. And I'm really interested in that as like. As like a story for like a single entry. Like I don't think that whatever the next one is, is going to be the same thing. It's going to be something else. But I love that here. Mm-hmm. That's what this is about. And it seems to be a theme that they're really interested in when you look at Ready or Not. Right. Yeah. Which, Which is, is also about that. Like a woman being like, I'm, I, I, I don't need anyone. I can be my family. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Fuck this whole system. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Uh, totally. So they get back to the apartment. We meet Quinn proper. We meet, uh, I ca- I mean, I just kept calling him Spider the whole movie. I think his name was Ethan, but it's it's fucking Spider from from Avatar. Oh, that's who that is. Yeah. Whoa, that's how long ago they filmed Avatar two. Holy shit, that's wild. Lil Quatrich. I've never seen either. I I I I did not recognize him at all. So I I was under the impression that I I hadn't seen either of them before. Yeah. No, I I looked up Quinn. I looked up Anika and uh, at Spider, and this was like very. I'm unfamiliar with all of their work, so this is my first time seeing any of them. Yeah. Oh man, when you look up Scream Six, Ethan's uh, uh, actor picture is him as a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's like still what he's seen as. That's funny. So. They're all kind of living together under one roof. Um, oh, oh, okay, yeah. So uh, Tara is like, "Fuck, I can't deal with this." So she runs off. She runs back to her dorm, um, and then Chad follows her, and we get a pretty. This this took me a, a few. This took me back. Um, mm-hmm. They are. We this movie establishes a romantic relationship between Tara and Chad, 
they have like a scene where they're like sitting in her room, just like, hey, like I'm here for you, blah, 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 blah. And then like they almost kiss, and then Quinn cock blocks them. Right. Um, we've talked about saying it over and over, over and over and over again. Uh, (laughs) so we've talked about this on the show. I can't remember where, but I'm personally not a fan of, we fell in love in between movies. Right. Um, Tara doesn't share any lines with Chad in scream five. Yeah. And so to go from like that to this, but then the more I thought about it, it's almost like without five, they wouldn't have needed each other. And so I kind of buy it because of the survivor togetherness mm-hmm. aspect. But what, what what did you think of Chad and Tara, Scott? I loved it, okay. honestly. Um, I really loved it. And I I will say, like, yeah. I And I think, I, I okay, so I really loved it. But I think the reason why the they fell in love between movies thing works for me is because they haven't acted on it yet. Mm -hmm. And so it's more like, oh, this has been building and neither of them have acted on it because they feel weird about it. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, we're the core four. Yeah. Do I want to And also I've known you since we were kids because we grew up together. And so it all just feels very weird and also like your sister's my best friend and like Mm -hmm. yeah and so i that's the reason why i liked it because yes they like they fell in crush with each other between movies but they haven't entered into any kind of relationship it's not like we open this movie and they're dating yeah that's the reason why i like it there's this little moment and it's just maybe just a credit to, to mason gooding as an actor but so after the cock blocking happens and he's like, okay, I'm going back to my dorm, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you're saying, say, and be sure to like say you're sorry to your sister because she loves you. And I'm like, fuck, I have heard that. That is a family friend group. Yes. Of like, I know you guys as a family well enough to kind of, kind of push you back to where you need to be because I know you both. Right. And, right. Yeah. yeah. Terrific. No, it's good. Um, it's good. And also, I will say this, and I and I and I felt this way about Jenna Ortega for a long time of like, I am now at an age where I look at these kids and I and I'm just like, oh, God, I just I wish you were my daughter. <laughs> and, and there's a moment where she falls back on her bed oh, and yeah, scrunches yeah. her nose. She does this little nose scrunch. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you're so cute. Like, I like I just want to, like, kiss your head and tell you everything's going to be OK. Yeah, it's it's you know? it's it's not every day that you even in a horror movie of you get to see that part of teen rom- young adult romance. Yeah. That giddiness of like this new weird thing that's hap- happening. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And she sells it because, yeah, we didn't get to see those colors from her in Scream 5. Right. Totally. Um, um man. Yeah. yeah. I, I so she's really good in this, but I, I feel like. I feel like it's, you know, the Jenna Ortega of it all, everyone being like, she's our new Scream Queen and like, OK, like fair. Um. But also, like, god damn it. Like, Sam is so good in this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, we were both... I was into her in five, but... Yeah. She owns, like, yeah, just such great work in this movie. Such a compelling protagonist. And yeah, when she fucking goes ape shit, it's yeah. so cathartic. And, and, and just in general, like, she looks fucking iconic in this movie. Oh, like, hell yeah. The, 
the outfit that she's wearing where she's got like the the the, tank oh, the, 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 over the gray the, tank the sweater yeah with the white over the sweater over the black tank yeah and like the jeans and the boots and i'm like you that is as iconic as like the shit sydney wore in scream 2 i was thinking about that too about uh mindy where mm. five and six mindy has she cuts these really cool almost comic book mark bagley poses yeah like even with like the midriff that she wears in yeah. six it's just like in with the long hair and the hair she has like the really short hair like again like these really clear distinct silhouettes of of these characters yeah um i thought it was cool how uh tara was wearing a pink jacket this time like a like mm-hmm. forever 21 pink jacket to kind of mirror how act three she was just wearing that pink like fuzzy hospital gown the whole time yeah yeah it's it's where yeah you do you think of Ortega as like the new kind of like yeah Wednesday Adams she wears black she's goth but it's it's really funny how norm core Tara is she's very very much so yeah very much so um, and also like I don't know I I I I appreciate everyone calling her like our new scream queen or whatever but like she's done the two scream movies. Like Wednesday. Well, I mean, and X and the Babysitter oh, movies. Right, right, right. Oh, is she in those? I didn't know that. Okay. She's in uh, the second one with Samara Weaving. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Weird All right. Or... Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But but yeah. But um, I think, but it's also like that. It happens when like someone releases such an output of work in like two years. Right. That's true. That it's is like true. Whoa. Hey, let's calm down. But then it's also like, well, fuck. I mean, yeah. When you look, go back to like the original Scream Queen, Jamie Lee Curtis. Like mm-hmm. she got out of the horror genre completely yeah. within five years. Like Trading Places, I think, is like 82, 83. Mm-hmm. And Halloween is like 78, I think. And she did all of her horror movies that she did. And she did a lot. Right. But she did all of them within a five year period. Yeah. And be fascinating to see what Ortega does. You know, like she's yeah. so young. Like she could be. Moved on from horror in like three years, or she could stay with it, or she could like direct horror. Yeah. It's also really cool that she's a college freshman in this because she looks like a college freshman, like a real one. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's, yeah. It brings, it adds a lot of weight to like her, her, the suffocation she feels and also her frustration with like, Mm -hmm. I don't want this to define my life. And you get that because she's just starting her life. Right. Totally. Totally. Um, so we find out news breaks out about the death of the two incel movie nerds and mm-hmm. Samara weaving and Sam's like, we didn't even talk about the fact that the other guy was just in the refrigerator. Yeah, pieces. that was, that was great. Oh my God. And yeah. <laughs> and Tony, Tony Ravioli is like, Oh, it was so beautiful. You know, every time I stabbed her, she was like less and I was taking something from her and she was meat having no idea that he is saying like the worst thing he could say <laughs> yes. to, the, to this ghost face. Yeah. Um, it's really cool how righteous this ghost uh, collectively I'll refer to the three of them as ghost face. It's yeah. Really cool. How righteous this one is. Yeah, it it is, but it's, it's interesting because like, ultimately I don't really know what their goal was. No. Largely speaking, because they're like, we want you to be the ghost face, but like, why? Cause you so, know that she didn't do those things. So like, why is it just to ruin her reputation forever? Is that it? So then, they're only killing all of these other people. Like the opening kill is strategic because they don't want them getting in their way, which was yeah. fun because I was thinking about that. And I was like, Oh, that's exactly what Mickey was talking about 
uh, with Scream Five. He was like, I hope there's two ghost faces and they like square off and like. Yeah, to be yeah. fair, it's it's it, it's over in the cold open, but they did do it, um, yeah, which is which is sure. fun. But like outside of that, it's like the bodega. Um, you know, the the bodega is nothing. Like everyone who dies in the bodega is just wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the therapist I thought was weird so, because I, they they took the the file, but I don't know why they needed that. I guess I don't know either. But there is a moment when uh, when Sir Dermot Moroney calls the Carpenter sisters and it's like, hey, your ID was in the bloody fridge. Like you got to come down here. And so they're yeah. getting questioned. And there's a moment where she was like, well, what are your alibis? And Tara's like, I was at a party. And she was like, I, Sam's like, I was at a therapist and then at the party. And Dermot Moroney's like, can you get me your therapist information so I can like verify this? And she yeah. was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, oh, that's how he knows like where to go. Yeah. But I don't know sure. why. Yeah, um, I don't know why he wants her file. Like, I don't know what that was going to grow into in their ultimate no. plan. First of at least four or five iconic Carpenter moments. Uh, Dermot Mulroney's like, do you, so do you guys have any enemies that I should know about? And Tara's like, none that are currently alive. alive. And he's just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking badasses in this. Yeah. And stealing cop cars, stabbing people. It's great. Yeah. Um, but then they are visited by special FBI agent Kirby Reed. Yeah. It was so vindicating how apeshit my crowd went when, like, her boots were popped up on the table you know, yeah. and like she turns around because like in 2011, it kind of felt like Kirby was like my favorite. Mm-hmm. Like this thing that I almost like, we you know, when your favorite song on an album isn't like the single. Mm-hmm. And then to find out, oh, shit, everyone else also loves this song. This is this is really cool. It would be cool if Kirby got to do whatever the monologue is in the next one. Yeah. Like, like Mindy is like, I don't know. I don't have anything. And she's like, well, let I me do. tell you, because this is more of an FBI <laughs> thing than a, than a meta pop culture thing. And then gets to have the, yeah. the monologue. It was, it was really cool seeing her. Like, you know, uh, you reminded me with, with Bethany's reaction. Like there's a, there's a really cool moment where she's like chopping it up with Mindy mm-hmm. and guiding Mindy. And it's like, oh fuck. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, she's 30. I'm 30. Like, yeah. This is she's like she's not quite like Gail, but she's able to be somewhat of a guiding, helping out the younger generation when she can. Yeah, I I hope that she gets to pull her weight more, even more so in the next one, because I I just want I don't want her to be a a, a suspect. I fucking hated that part. And I know he was lying and, you know, whatever. But like that when that happened, I was like, no, nope, mm -mm, nope. Fuck you. Absolutely not. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. And I was very relieved when it ended up not being her. But I was I was pissed for, like, a good, like, five minutes. I think, A, the fact that this only happened because of fan demand and Hayden Panthier, like, rallying. And then yeah. early audience reaction to her. I, I think she's, like, in the club now. Yeah. I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, I do. I do wish. I do wish Gail had died. Um, I think it's time. I guess it it's kind of like the the Princess Leia argument for me yeah. uh-huh. of of like well I, well I don't think it's one to one but I remember being like why did you kill Leia you didn't have to what is that doing at this point and yeah with Gail it's kind of like with Sydney where there's so much already going on like what don't you deserve your happy ending too I I get that but 
also, like, she's going to continue to stick her nose into the business of any Ghostface it has she has it has to kill her she, yeah she it ha, like it has to get her at some point but my problem is because she didn't die here now we're just going to is she just going to die in the next one in like a similar cool. fashion because it's just like well you we almost got there here you know what i mean like yeah. it, it it feels like now she's safe for a while and that that bums me out cuz it was such a barn burner of a set piece her it was good her whole thing and like how do you how do you top that like Right, the fit where like all those muscles couldn't save him. Sure didn't. Just like oh, the contempt that she had for her boyfriend. So there were like four cholos sitting next to me, uh, uh-huh. round two, and I was loving it. They were so like every few minutes, like so when she said that, he's like, "Nope, they sure didn't." He's like, "Damn." That's <laughs> I had I had like a like I think she was like a fifteen year old girl mm-hmm. behind me who was commenting on everything and was so fucking excited the second time I watched it. <laughs> and it was like, she knew we were like, oh, it's Gail. Like, ever, like, yeah. like, oh, Gail's here. And then when, like, Jenna Ortega punches her, he's, she was like, oh, yeah. Like, just, she Great. was excited when she dodged the punch and then excited <sighs> when she got punched. That's like, awesome. it was the best. And it was, it was constantly, when they first get the call from Richie, Mm-hmm. from richie's phone she's like how is he calling he's dead yeah. like out loud awesome. like it was so awesome i loved it and like <laughs> you know we talked about this with uh one of my favorite things about force awakens is like poe and ray and finn were such cool characters that you have all these kids that this is their gateway this is their star wars and yeah. i think that's totally true with like the core four and yeah these three 100%. movies four movies yeah, um, whereas like all the other screen movies almost feel like prequels to new fans. Yeah, <laughs> or like the Rocky movies. Like, yeah, totally. Hey, oh, this, yeah, totally. What's this Rocky guy's deal? Well, there's six whole movies about it. Yeah, man. Yeah, crazy. Um, and we'll get to. I have a lot. I have a lot of franchise opinions, but uh, <laughs> Kirby's basically like, hey, like I don't want a dick measuring contest. It's just I have a history with Ghostface. We get the the classic like, oh yeah, I was a freshman when Kirby was a senior. I loved that. Great. Because yeah. I was like, yeah, that tracks. It that does. 100% tracks. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then they leave. What? Uh, this, is, this, is, this is what we get for going out of order, popping back and forth. So what happens after they meet Kirby? After they meet Kirby, that's when the therapist dies. Yes, therapist um, dies. Because I, I think it's literally like, uh, well, okay. So they, they. Yeah, this is where it gets muddy. I think this is around the section where you have the you have the monologue mm-hmm. happening. The therapist dies. You get the the scene where they're looking at the the board with all of the different killers yeah. and whatever. Because the killer, the ghost face, is dropping a ghost face mask at every at every murder scene in, in descending order. In descending order. So the first mask he drops in the cold open is uh, the mask that Richie wore. Um, and then the next one is the mask that Jill wore, and then, uh, and then he goes to to Roman. I think Roman ends up the in the in the therapist, right? Because the therapist yeah. is the, the second or the third kill scene. Uh, the bodega scene happens before that. Um, what did you think of uh, of uh, Kirby shouting out Roman being the only solo ghost face? Yeah, that was. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's more acknowledgement than three got last time. That's true. That is true. That is true. Um, is the bodega before the monologue? 
Yes. Yes. So the bodega, the bodega happens on their way to the police station. Right. Cool. Yes. Uh, Let's talk about it. Because that was, you know, like you said, kind of the big standout sequence, certainly in the trailers. Yeah. And it was in the movie, sadly, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, just because, like, they already gave it away. Oh, yeah. Like, like, yeah. It's the best sequence in the movie. And it was given away in the trailers. You know what I mean? Oh, see, I personally think the best sequence of the movie was the latter. Oh, see, I think the latter was solid, but. Well, no, it wasn't from. <clears throat> yeah, suffered from uh, the smallness factor of the movie to me. Oh, okay. Um, where it just feels very s- slight. Um, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what? Uh, so what I, were some? So what were some? What would be some bigger? Like you mentioned Central Park. What are some other sure. New York escapades you feel like Ghostface could have gotten into? I I would have loved to see them in Times Square. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know. Um. Uh, yeah, dodging Ghostface in Times Square on Halloween, where everyone's in costume. You know, instead they do it in like more of a claustrophobic way in the subway. But mm-hmm. I think that's less interesting than out in the open in Times Square, everyone in costume. Which one's Ghostface? And we have to like navigate through Times Square. I yeah. I just think that would have been a really like tension filled, really like fun sequence that like for sure. Yeah, we didn't get. I think I think I think definitely could have used more costume fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was that was a big big pet peeve I had. Uh when I watched it, it was like the college party. Mm-hmm. Um everyone, you know, is in costume because it's a Halloween party and there were like multiple references to like where like people were wearing costumes that I was like I don't think I don't think anyone who is the age that they would be in college currently would be dressed as that character. Um, the big example to me was Zach Galifianakis in The Hangover. There was like a guy dressed as Zach Galifianakis in The Hangover with like the baby Bjorn and and everything. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't. Well, I, no, because feel- wouldn't that be retro now? Wouldn't that be like Austin Powers or like something from like their childhood? Because it's like oh nine, like it hasn't been that long. I, I don't think it's been long enough to like come back around yet. Well, it's like how Despicable Me is like nostalgic for kids now because they were like ten when that came out, and now they're twenty. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like I don't think they watched The Hangover when they were ten. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that bothered me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So yeah, Bodega scene was cool. We got uh, Ghostface using a shotgun, which. To me, is like an iconic image of this movie. Yes, because 100%. it tells you everything without even because it goes. You're like, well, Ghostface doesn't use a knife. Like, fuck you. Yeah, I, I'm not Ghostface. My son is dead. Yeah, right. I'm a I'm a fucking cop. I yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I I also love that scene because it's a real like. You, you know, you mess with Spider-Man, you mess with New York, you mess with one of us, you <laughs> yeah. mess with all of us. Hey, like, this is a bodega. <laughs> you can't just be. Yeah. yeah, where he's like, hey, there's a line. And then he's like, oh, you got a problem, buddy? Like, yeah. just like instantly being like, no, like you can't fuck with a New Yorker. I'll, I'll, I'll fucking step up. And then the bodega owner being like, here, get out the back, you know. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like all of I that could, stuff was like I really good. Used, I could use shit. way more New York shit. Yes, a hundred percent. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yes, yeah, for that sure. That's what I'm talking about. Like it was all over the marketing, and yeah. 
all over like and this is my you know us reading being nerds reading interviews and shit but it was all over like we really wanted to set it in new york and have ghostface loose in new york and it's like i think they could have done more with the game of that yeah absolutely i just don't think definitely more with the game and i just don't think the scale of it matched the pitch i guess i guess my excuse for that that i keep coming back to is just the turnaround sure but yeah like and that makes me really again interested to see when if if we're going to get scream 7 in like 2025 instead of next year i what what could they do what could they do with that extra time yeah well we'll We'll get to it for sure so (laughs) yeah so the bodega scene bippo bappo uh i want to talk about the monologue okay so mindy makes the declaration that the stab series is no longer just a series but a franchise right and a franchise has different rules now things are more episodic characters Mm -hmm. are more throwaway things have Mm -hmm. to you know bippity bop up the ante and whatnot um and what while i found a lot of the stuff to kind of like Again, be toothless in hindsight about, well, you know, I think people are safer than you're giving them credit for, Mindy. But yeah, what I found really interesting about that monologue the most was the uh, the episodic idea mm-hmm. that now these movies are no longer going to be big horror state of the unions, but episodic installments of the adventures of the core four. Sure. Yes. And how do, how do you and also the franchise, I'm thinking like spinoffs. And so I'm mm. thinking like. Kirby FBI series. <clears throat> I oh my god! What if that is what the next one is? Where it's just like we're not dealing with the with with the main line franchise. This is a spinoff. Kirby, a scream story. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I think you just call it Scream Seven, but you just you're like that's what this one is about. Is that it's a spinoff? Yeah. Um, I think it would be uh-huh. interesting. But we're in a spinoff, guys. Oh, that's actually kind yeah. of fun. Yeah. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. See. <laughs> um that's the only other thing they haven't mentioned yet um but the uh uh yeah so the monologue i Mm -hmm. definitely agree that it's toothless i like that there's going to be an episodic nature of it but i will say that if you are saying that it's different now then i would say that the rules never applied to the scream franchise that of any of like how to survive a slasher movie, sequel, tri- trilogy, et cetera, et cetera. None of those things applied because the thing that has always separated Scream from every other horror franchise is that the protagonists carry over movie to movie. Mm-hmm. That there is a core group of protagonists that you follow. This is the only horror franchise where you follow the heroes, not the villain. You know, Jason. Yeah. You know, whatever. So I, so, so, you know, if we're following the rules that she's establishing in a franchise, then that was always the rules. And so now you have to paint all the other movies under those rules, because the franchises that she's using as examples, none of them are horror franchises. They're yeah. like all, they're like, all like action adventure franchises, like blockbuster IP. franchises. And I kind of yeah. wanted her to, and maybe this could be in the next movie, have that revelation. Yeah. Of like, oh, fuck, why have we been doing horror movie rules this whole time? This is a saga. Right. Uh, right. That would be. And, yeah. you know, we've been hard on it, but I both times I watched it, it's just so much fun because Mindy is so much fun. Jasmine Savoy Brown is just having so much fun with like, you wake up, Tara. Do you even know the rules? Like, 
Yeah. Mason, oh, oh, this is the part where she tells you what the part is. You know, yeah, the bad part. Yeah, this is this is the part where she tells you about the bad part. part. Yeah, I loved all that. (laughs) Uh, And like, yeah, like even the new kids, like their their uh, contributions were fun. Like Annika being naive, Quinn. Uh, 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 Ethan saying that he's a virgin for no reason oversharing. Yeah, so so I like Quinn's vibe in this scene of just like sex positive. Sex positive. And yeah. Thank you. You know, like that that whole thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I really like. <clears throat> but I think my issue with Ethan as a whole mm-hmm. through this whole movie <clears throat> is that like I don't really know anything about this guy. He, it reminds me a lot of. <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus Christ. Um. <laughs> It reminds me a lot of uh, of Timothy Oliphant in Scream 2 sure. in terms of like he's just a guy who's there, mm-hmm. doesn't really contribute a lot, um, and and then he ends up being the killer. And you're like, I guess. Yeah, um, it is yeah. kind of almost more fun that moment where Mindy's like, fuck, I was wrong again. Right. Yes. Like, oh, he's just like an innocent, naive kind of little dorky kid that just got roped up in this. And his goal was to save Mindy. That's fun. Right. I I, oh, I would appreciate it. I think I, I would have. I understand. I appreciate that they're like, no, we're going to do three ghost face this time. You never seen that before. And I'm like, OK, fine. Now the average is two per movie again. <laughs> like, great. I don't there's, know. Whatever. There's been three now. Yeah. But but I just think it would have been a stronger choice to just have. um. And, I, and and again, in the core four thing, I think is what really hammers that theme home. But mm-hmm. I, but as just a story standpoint, I think it would have been more interesting if it was just Quinn faking her death and her dad, and that was yeah. the that was the those were the ghost faces. Because like um, a rogue cop going ghost face is a really scary idea, and yes. I don't think they take advantage of that enough. No, they don't. They really don't. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, so it's it's a thing where it's like I have mixed feelings about it because I appreciate what they were doing, mm-hmm. but on a macro level. But then on a micro level, I'm just like, I don't give a shit about Ethan. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care about his character because he's just a nothing character who ends up being Ghostface. And I'm like, okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. Like, it just doesn't amount to anything, you know? For sure. So yeah. that night, I believe, they're, they're watching TV and... Uh, like the news, there's this really crazy news piece, like attacking Sam's character. And right. Tara has that really cool, not monologue, but she's like, Hey, like, I know this happened to all of us, but none of us know what's happening to you. And, and that was like that, that whole kitchen table scene. That was when I was like, we never got moments like this with the old cast. No, no, this was, um, this was a lot. Like I, I, in a good way, like mm-hmm. it was just like, Wow. Like, it's such a good conversation and just the way that they all recognize that they're not going through what she's going through and that and they all have to, like, kind of say out loud to her, like, look, we understand why you're acting like this, but we're telling you you don't have to because we're here. Yeah. Yeah. We we talked a little bit about last year about how Tara's journey in particular draws parallels to what far too many children in this country are are dealing with surviving gun violence or school shootings and all these horrible things. And yeah. so the relationship that the core four have where it, it reminded me of this like, crazy phenomenon we're seeing where these survivors of these, uh, 
horrific shootings do become like public figures and different members take different roles where some people are like, I'm going to do this. And like, well, I'm not going to do this, but like, we're still, we, we're, we're, we're in this together and we're, we're there for each other. And also like the kind of the generational, like the idea of Gen Z kids being more emotionally intelligent and empathetic than Gen X where we're like, fuck it, man, nothing matters. You it's all going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so good. Uh, oh, but then this is juxtaposed with <laughs> the guy, the boyfriend from across the building seeing Ghostface back. Like, Yo, hey, fucking motherfucker. Yeah, you get all the ammo. I'll kick your I, fucking I, ass, Ghostface. I fucking I love I love Danny so much. Yeah. Um, So like Josh Zagara, I, I just I have I have been really like into this guy now for mm-hmm. a few years because like between playing Lance on the other two and Pug on She-Hulk. Um, yeah. like he's just become one of my favorite himbos. It's like him and Ma- uh, Manny Jacinto. Yeah. Are just I mean, like, you fall in love yeah. with him in that that stairwell scene where you know you find out that he's been secretly dating Sam. You know, oh yeah, and 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 her her, her him just being like, is that cherry coke I smell? She's yeah. like, actually, it's diet cherry oh, coke. Okay. And she's like, he's like, oh okay, yeah. like <laughs> just like that, like all of that. It's just like this is exactly the kind of guy that she should be dating. Yeah, you know. He's in every movie, this character, that yeah. when you actually see, like, a charming, likable guy that seems like, oh, yeah, this dude would pull, like, yeah, sure. in real, because he seems like he's, like, nice to be around, and he's also, yeah. like, you know, hot and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man. And so he, has, so he has the idea to that, oh, fuck, I just remembered my favorite character is the voice of the girl, the guy that Quinn's hooking up with. Oh yeah. Who the fuck's Paul? <laughs> Who the fuck's Paul? <laughs> uh so he's killed, Quinn is seemingly killed. She he gets she gets her body thrown against uh Annika. So heartbreaking. Annika like stands her ground and tries to like defend Mindy yeah. and gets fucking all caps stabbed. Yeah, so so okay. So this is one of my major uh uh bits of contention with this movie. Um, because stomach injuries are, m- from my understanding, the most painful injury that anyone can get. Is your understanding um, the movie Reservoir Dogs? Like mine yes. is? Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, but it is one of the most painful injuries that you can ever receive is is getting stabbed or shot in the stomach. And she does not just get... So so a lot of people get stabbed in the stomach in this. Yeah. Samara Weaving gets stabbed in the stomach. Uh, 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 Tony Revolori gets stabbed in the stomach so many times that his guts start falling out. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's holding them in. Yeah. And uh, and then but she gets then, turned. She gets stabbed and then ripped up. Right, ripped upward like mm-hmm. uh, like like the like the Japanese uh, feudal Japanese like suicide thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm not going to say because I'm afraid that I'm going to remember what the word is wrong. Uh, I always get it. I always get it confused with sudo- Sudoku, which is. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, uh, but yeah. So like and then she's like alive for a while. And that injury is not the thing that kills her. And I was like, that is crazy. And then later Mindy gets stabbed in the stomach and then it's just like walking around like it's nothing at the end. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then the same thing with uh with Chad uh, with Chad definitely Chad but at least he's on a on a you know on a slab uh, at the end but nope. then but Still then bullshit. but then 
Yeah, well, but then Tara also gets stabbed, gets stabbed. in the stomach. Yeah. Very much stabbed in the stomach. And then they put her arm in a sling and she just walks away. Yeah. I think this might be the most egregious of the Scream movies when it comes to this. Yes. I completely agree. Of like, no, those injuries are so much more serious than you are giving them credit for. Yeah. But I found that whole, I mean, that was the highlight for me, the, the whole ladder sequence, because like it's everything that Radio Silence does better than any just like peak scream. Like the tension, the hook of the ladder, the dread. You get this heartbreaking character moment where Mindy's like, like Annika's like, no, go on. And you can see on her face, she knows I'm not going to make it. But I can hold Ghostface back and get you to safety. And then the dread of like her just making it, trying not to make it, never accepting death. And like screaming, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Yeah. And then falling and bang, hitting the trash can. It, it was just like so fucking like frenzied and scary. And yeah, like he's like not the biggest thing, but tight and controlled yeah. and focused. And for sure. And like also like great like New York of like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, buildings are really close together. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that's like the subway's right below it, but I think this was like my favorite set piece of the movie. Okay. Yeah. It's it is good. It's probably I mean, if we're not if we're not counting the cold open as one set piece, mm, okay. um, be- because it's technically two, right? Um, I would say the bodega is my favorite, and then probably the ladder, um, and then <sighs> I really I like the finale. I really like the theater. Yeah, I do like, like the finale because I like that it's a movie theater. Which yeah. again, it's, I love that this movie ends in a movie theater and Scream Two starts in a movie theater. That's true. Wow, yeah. Yeah, like a little bit of a mirroring. But mm-hmm. also Scream 2 ends in a stage that is introduced earlier in the movie. Right. And yep. The same yep. thing with this one. Um, uh, so police arrive. Dermot Marone. What does he say? He's like, you, you, fuck with, you fuck with me. You fuck with my family. What is, he, what is yeah, it? You, yeah, you fuck with my family, family. You die. You fuck with my family. You die. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. He, he swung. I don't know if he hit, but he swung. Yeah, he's an interesting guy, um, uh, Dolmet Maroney. Um, uh, he, um, you know, he was kind of like a heartthrobby guy in the oh, 90s. Oh, for sure. My best friend's wedding. Yeah, the wedding date. Yeah. Um, he was definitely the family stone. He was like... One yeah, of my favorite like Jess a- boyfriends and New Girl. Oh, sure. Yeah. But yeah, so he was like a heartthrob guy. And I just think it's interesting that he's now, like, he's obviously aged out of that part of his career. Mm-hmm. And so he's not really playing. Like, the last time he played a heartthrob, I would say, was probably New Girl. Um, sure. But even then, he now, was like a silver fox. Right, right. Um, and now, you know, he does a lot of horror movies. Um, like, like way more than you think. Like, he was in American Horror Story. He did um, Insidious Chapter 3. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, a, 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 I'll be honest, a borderline unwatchable movie, but he is in it. Um, <laughs> I really don't like Chapter Three at all. Um, is that the origin story one? No, that's the one with where where um, it's only the old lady, and it takes place before the previous ones. Yeah, it's, previous like a, it's like a girls, it's like a girls' school, right? It's like an all girls' yeah, school. Yeah, no, well, it's like a, like it is a girl. She is like the lead, is like a teenager, and then he's mm-hmm. her dad. Yeah. And 
Yeah, it's just not. It's not. It's very messy and not very. It's, it's the oh, it's the origin of the crew. Oh, that's right. How how she met her two friends. Yeah, how she met the two guys that wear suits all the time. But anyway. they start out, they don't wear suits. And this is the story about how they started wearing suits. Yeah, um, put these on. Yeah. Uh, this will be the last suit that you ever I wear. Ever wear. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, and then he was in the, the Purge TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and he was in Amma last I year. I heard that was really good. Yeah, I heard that too. I did um, not. I Well, you know, at a certain point, when the Kirby, when they were trying to make the Kirby thing happen, I was like, "Oh fuck, is it Kirby?" And they're like, "No, nah, they wouldn't be shooting it this way if it were Kirby." And yeah, by then I was like, "Well, I guess the only thing." But literally up until that point, I wasn't really thinking about who the killer. So it surprised me, but it was also like kind of a not great surprise because it was yeah. like immediately like, "Oh, okay." It's not going to be Jack Reacher or like Terminator yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever I was thinking. I went, my my thing was as soon as I because I I honestly I didn't look up who any of the new actors were in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's not why I was going. So like I didn't know that Dermot Moroni was in this. But as soon as he shows up, I'm like, oh, he's the killer. Why else would he be in this movie? <laughs> Like, um, why else would he do this movie unless he's the killer? And, mm-hmm. and uh, like, that was my logic, and then it ended up being true. Of course, there were two others um, that I didn't guess, sure. but, you know. Um, stuff that I wanted to talk about. We, we we went into the Gale, the Gale set piece. The subway sequence was pretty fun. I liked the tension, mm-hmm. the the lights going off, and then, you know, the Easter eggs of seeing all the, the horror icons was fun. Return of the Babadook. Yeah. I hope we get a Babadook right. reference in Scream 7. <laughs> yeah uh, Duke. oh shout uh, out to the prop department of doing a really really good job I noticed this the second time around of differentiating between in-universe costume store ghost face costumes and like the real ones yeah 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 they make them just like slightly awkward looking like, it's kind of cheaper misshapen yeah totally totally um, um, really really good job there but yeah, this this section of the movie. So the so the the ladder leads to the subway, um, right? Because because the well, ladder, there's like we get like the, the hospital happens. Does the ladder happen before or? Yeah, okay. So it's the ladder and then the Central Park scene. Yes, or the Where ladder. Were, the ladder. The they find the theater with they the find stuff. the museum, right? And then they come up with the Central Park idea after yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because 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 uh, there's the part where uh, uh, Kirby has her heart to heart with Tara, right? About like how did you how did you get over this? And she was like, "You'd have to own it. I wanted. I became the thing that monsters were afraid of." And Tara right. was like, "I like that." And then she's like, "Sorry, Gail. You know, no no press allowed to the to the stakeout." Right. Bitch. Right. 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 Yeah. And that's and then that's the reason why Gail gets 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 hurt, gets um, stabbed. Yes. Uh, yeah, the Gale sequence is fun. I love the the call out of like, I can't believe we've never talked on the phone before. Um, because at that moment, Bethany turned to me like, looking at me like, is that true? You know? And I was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Think about <laughs> it. Yeah. It's true. They've never, they've never talked on the phone. But my problem with it is just like, how the fuck do they know? How do they know that? Yeah. Right. Unless presumably, I guess, whichever... Ghostface, that was maybe they all did a deep dive into stab lore out of maybe. respect for Richie. Well, it would have to be 
Ghostface lore specifically, because just because it doesn't happen in the movies doesn't mean it didn't happen in real life. You know, that's true. That's true. Because what the fuck do the movies know? Well, okay. I I just always I I I just assume it's one to one. I take that all back because I just realized Gail has written endless books about this, and she would have said that she would have talked to him if she had. Right. We see them in in the case. Right. So that's why. That's why Um, they know. Let's. uh, Do you want to? What was your? What What really made you goosebump up? In the museum, what we were like, oh fuck, they got that because it was like Easter Egg City. It's really, it's really stupid, but it's it was Kenny the cameraman's outfit. I knew it. I fucking knew it. It was Kenny's jacket. Yeah, it was Kenny's jacket. That was the one, and the backwards cap. Definitely. Um, I yeah. thought it was really cool. It's it's not even really remarked upon. It's kind of almost in the background, but we see Kirby clocking Jill's like flannel shirt. Yeah, and right. kind of like touching it. Yeah. Um, the other one that got me just because I was like, okay, respect was the melted fax machine. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was just like, I mean, you know, don't love that movie. Really don't like that moment at all, but respect that it's there. It's in the glass case. It it happened. happened. (laughs) (laughs) It's canon. Oh, and then also in that museum, uh, we get the hall of ghost faces, all nine. And, uh, Sam has her moment where she sees Billy Loomis's suit and has her first Billy Loomis vision. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know this isn't right. I know I'm wrong. I know my eyes are wrong, but <laughs> I, he, Billy looked worse than this one. Oh, he did. He, he definitely oh, did. Okay, cool, cool. Cool. No, a hundred percent. He looked awful. Um, it looked like they didn't want to spend the money on the de-aging this time. Yeah. And so they just, they were like, well, we'll just put him in glass. We'll make him kind of see through so you can like see him, but not really see him. And mm-hmm. then we'll just put makeup on Skeet Ulrich to make him look younger and that'll be enough. That'll be good enough. And uh, readers, it was not. (laughs) The worst was his title card. Yeah? In the credits when it was like Skeet Ulrich, it like looked fully like a different person. Oh, wow. I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't stay that long. Um, I didn't see it. You didn't Uh, say after the credits? No. There's something after the credits. Oh, is there really? Yeah. Oh, man, now I got to go see it again. Shit. Okay. I will tell you if you want, but I don't have to. Yeah, you rather... can tell me. Yeah, you can um, tell me. It's, it's really fun. So, you know, the credits are over, and then it's like, you know, soundtrack, and then it cuts to, it almost looks like a pickup or like a take, an alternate take of Mindy's monologue. Oh. And she's like, not every movie has to have an end credit sequence. Boom. Oh, oh, okay. That's fun. All right. <laughs> and, and the crowd loved it. <laughs> that's that's fun that's fun uh are you do you want to do you want to talk about the finale anything you want to talk about before we we, we dive into that i think um the gale sequence i i do want to talk about the gale sequence in terms of like i don't it was solid mm-hmm. but i like we were talking about before i kind of if it was going to be the thing that killed gale i wanted it to be more worthy of her sure because I don't think it's worthy of the death of Gale. But now we're not going to get a Gale kill sequence probably for a few movies at this point. Because like they wasted a dry run um, here. And and so, like, yeah, I have mixed feelings about it. You know, like, I, I really do have mixed feelings about it because I, I, I do wish she had died in this one. But because they don't kill her, they leave her alive. Um, It, you know, it's... 
Yeah. You know, I don't think the sequence was the worthy of the death of Gale, but also now I'm like, well, now, like, when are we going to kill her? It, it, it was like too good. It was, it was too good. It was too good and not big enough. It was like, yeah. it didn't, yeah, she deserved something. Cause like Dewey's death was so perfect because he died being Dewey. He died protecting other people. Right. And so you would, like you said, Gale should die chasing the story. A hundred percent. That's how she should go out. A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. In fact, I think the way that she should go out is finding out who the killer is and then get killed by them. Yeah, she pulls off. The like mask. she actually does it. She does it. She like confronts them and then gets killed. That's how she should go out. Yeah, She's, but she knows. Um, She's like, I got it. I, 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 I got it. I did it. Yeah. Um, her line: "Tell Sydney he didn't get me." Yeah. Do you think that is her knowing that she's not going to die? I don't know how to read that. I don't okay. love it. I'll be honest. I don't love it. Because um, I don't even, know what yeah. that's supposed to mean. Yeah, because the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, is she saying lie? Don't tell him this is, don't tell Sydney this is how I died. Right. But then it was like, oh, does she know? Like, don't worry, Sydney. Right. Let her know that I'm okay. Or, you know, don't tell right. her that because I am I know that this isn't going to kill me. Yeah, it's a weird line. It's a weird line. It doesn't work at all um, for me. You know what I thought was kind of weird was the the Brian O'Connor ass moment where she's like, I talked to Sydney. She said, keep keep going. You're keep doing your good. Good job. Like, yeah. Sydney's pretty effing cool, Gail. Let's go. Tara. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know that was lame. That got a reaction in my audience in turn of, of like oh, groans. Sure. Oh, yeah. really? OK. Yeah, yeah, that kind of reaction. I'm just like, Ugh. like, every, no one felt good about that. <laughs> in I, hung my out, I hung out with Brian the other night. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Shut no, up. No, you didn't, man. Um, but this is worse because she's still alive. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, 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 the whole, the whole Gale of it all. I, I appreciate the need for that sequence where it is. But sure. I think it would have been much stronger. And I also understand that they don't want to give away the final set piece earlier mm-hmm. in the movie. But it would have been so much stronger for her to get killed finding that space that she finds. Uh, and everyone's yeah. like, wow, she's such a good investigative journalist. Like, what a goddamn journalist. Like, everyone says that, right, in the movie yeah. because because of that. I'm really good at my job. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, but it would have been funner if we saw you find that on your own. And yeah. then think about calling the others and being like, no, I'm going to go do this myself. That gets her killed. And that's what gets you killed. Yeah. Like maybe she has like some kind of moment where she talks to Tara or she's like, oh, they, they deserve they This doesn't need to be their whole lives the way it is for me. Right. They're still kids. They're, they're children. You right. know, if she thinks right. Kirby's a zygote, no telling what she thinks of like Tara and yeah. And Sam, so she could yeah. be like, yeah, but I've, I'm, this is, I know now this is my life. This is my battle. I'm going to carry this through to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah it's, oh, uh, what'd you think of the, uh, the, uh, of, uh, Dewey's, uh, theme? Oh, fuck. That was great. That was, it was another moment where you're just like, these, these guys are exactly the perfect people to be behind the wheel. Yep. Yep. No, I love that. But that's the thing is like now Dewey is the new Randy. In terms of like making mm-hmm. reference to that, like he's gone, yeah, um, and and you know, like Ghostface got him, and I it it just it it's it that's a necessary part of this franchise, I think, yeah. and so mm-hmm. the fact that no one of note dies in this movie, 
I think is a mistake because now yeah. in the next one, they're not recovering from anything. They're just like, yeah, that was a harrowing experience we all went through. But, hey, at least none of us died. And then it's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like like um, going into seven. Yeah. Because the problem they'd have with three and four, where you would meet all these really interesting characters like Parker Posey or Hayden Panettiere. And you were like, well, they're all going to die except yeah. these characters because it's their movie. Right. And I I really hope at least that going into the seven, they're wearing themselves differently. Like, I hope Mindy isn't just like, Annika who, whatever, I can't die. Right, right. Because, but it's like, I don't know if I would take away anything different from what I've survived of like, Ch- Chad getting stabbed like 38 times. Um, <laughs> I do want to start talking about the finale, though, if you don't mind, just yeah. because yeah. the sickest... I think the sickest moment of this whole movie is you think Chad's dead. You think you just watch Chad get fucking stabbed. And then the siblings in unison do the ghost face wipe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because they've been practicing. And because they probably starred in a lot of his movies. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Richie's home movies that are playing on a loop on the projector. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a while to figure out that's what was going on. Because the first thing that you see is a bit of, like, uh, the recreation of the Drew Barrymore death. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't remember Robert Rodriguez's stab looking this shitty. Yeah, I remember um, thinking, like, oh, why didn't they just use the footage that we've seen of Scream 2? Like, this looks so gross. And, like, oh, it's supposed to be gross. Yeah, it's supposed to be a stupid. Yeah. God, whoever was in charge of making Richie look like he was in 2007 YouTube, uh-huh. hats, hats off. So good. Yeah, phenomenal. Really, really uh, good shit. Jack Quaid was in the special thanks at the end of the credits. Oh, great. That's awesome. So I think good. he he did some uh, ADR. and. Oh, yeah. speaking of ADR, this is totally... I uh, should have mentioned this hours ago, but uh, Scream 5, that shot where they're under the flagpole and they're recreating that shot of like, you know, and you hear the principal's voice over the intercom. Yeah. He's saying like, students, go, you know, go back to... Blah, blah, blah. That's Drew Barrymore. Oh, wow. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. What a great cameo. That's great. <laughs> love that. Uh, yeah. I uh, I loved a lot of this finale, mostly for the Carpenters. Like, mm-hmm. them squaring off back to back, each holding a fucking brick. Dude, they fuck Zoe up. <laughs> they fuck. Or Quinn. Quinn. They Quinn. fuck her up bad. Um, That was rough. Yeah. When she spits out her teeth. Oh, man. Brutal. Brutal. And then later when she's up top, like mm-hmm. meeting Sam up top, and she smiles and half her teeth are missing. Oh, my God. Right. Brutal. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the brutality of, like, okay, so, you know, beginning of the movie, Tara's like, look, sooner or later, you're going to have to let me go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, Tara's going to die. Hell, yeah. <laughs> let me go, you know. She's going to like, yeah. oh, you have to let me go, you know, but it, came, it was even better because it was like, no, let me go because I'm like you. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a warrior. I can survive my I can take care of myself. Right. And so she it is borderline Star Wars shit where, yeah, she takes the scream knife and stabs spider inside of his mouth. Right. In front of Zoe. Zoe sees it happen. Melissa's like, looks like you're down a brother like. She even does like the head twitch. It's yeah, perfect. Yeah, no, it's good. It is good, and I I like her wearing the ghost face costume to take out um, uh, Dermot Maroney. Um, that's good. 
I love it the is. bit where she's like gonna let him live, and then <laughs> and and Tara is just like, "Come on, dude, you kill this guy!" Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, there is there. Um, the thing about the 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 thing about uh, Sam in the ghost face suit is yeah, the first couple of times. Both both times I saw the movie, I'm like, oh, she's literally wearing the ghost face suit. That's so fucking crazy. It's like an extension of then like, wait a second. Sydney did that in the first movie. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. You're right. So, so it's like, ah, but it means more. I think it means something different for it to be Sam. And that's why it's it feels cool because she's like, you know, it's like it's like wearing the Darth Vader helmet. Right. But it's also you know, when it happens in the first movie, she's hiding in a closet. You know, That's it's not true. she yeah. doesn't she doesn't fucking stalk him, you know? And she, she doesn't she like, says Yeah. Yeah, she says a couple of things as Ghostface on a call and then like surprise stabs him with an umbrella. Um But like in this, it's like she stalks his ass and then just goes fucking ape shit. Um mm-hmm. It's a different. It's definitely a different vibe. Even it though, is. yeah, I agree. It's not like it's nothing we haven't seen before. Yeah, but it's it's so it's just a cool, yeah, like um, just deepening her resolve and like, no, I'm really doing this. I'm learning how to like wear these parts of myself and like own this part of who I am. And right. even Tara being like, yeah, I think I can get in on this too. And yeah, we'll see. Because we get her, we get she drops the mask at the end, right? She does leave it behind. Mm-hmm. Um, it oh yeah, and there's this great, <laughs> there's this great ADR from Mindy when she comes out and she's like, I can't believe I missed the end again. Blah blah blah, and then she gets into the car with her brother into the into the ambulance mm-hmm. with her brother, and there's looped ADR of her just being like, I'm on a lot of drugs. I can't feel anything right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm I'm not complaining that they're all still alive. Yeah. No. It's... So going into Stream 7, I mean like I legit would watch a a Kirby a Kirby series. Yeah, sure. Or, I guess it just it'll be interesting to see, you know, we're we're looking at a post Creed 3 world where we could be seeing like Creed anime, Amara, Drago and can we expect something similar for Scream? It's interesting so, to ponder. So here's what I what I would like for okay. from a Scream Seven. Okay. So so two things. Um uh, before I get into like the plot of what I want, I want I want the next movie to come out in December of twenty twenty four because I want a Christmas movie. This is a Halloween yeah. movie. I want a Scream movie set at Christmas. I think that would fucking rule absolutely rule and you can already picture the marketing campaign and the whole thing right mm, season screamings oh my god come on and like the ghost face mask with like the the with like the the the, the light christmas lights on like Around reflecting it, yeah. off of it yeah come on M- mindy um, doing a monologue about christmas horror sure yeah absolutely um so i i want that so those are the first two things it's like i want them to have a little extra time that they had this time I don't think they need too much time because I don't think they need to overthink it because I think that's the best part about the Scream series is that, like, once you overthink it, you start getting too complicated. Yeah, you don't want them filming in the volume. No, right. Um, So I want them, I I don't want them to overthink it. I just want them to, like, make a Scream Christmas movie. Comes out Christmas of next year. 
you know, um, gives them like, I think like four or five extra months to make it, yeah. which is, uh, seems to be plenty of time. Um, so, so that's number one. Uh, uh, in terms of the plot, what I would love is for um, uh, two things. So like one, I think the setup in this seems to be that like she is reckoning, Sam is reckoning with the fact that she does like killing people. But she likes killing ghost faces, right? Or at least that's how she feels currently. I hate like editing. I hate like rewriting movies. But when she's saying, when she tells Detective Bailey, like, my father was a murderer. That's not who I am. I thought she was going to say, my father was a murderer. I am a killer. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because it's like she will kill, but she isn't going to do it she she's only going to ever she'll only kill someone if you threaten her first right and so what i would love to see in the next one is it's now been 2 years since this ghost yeah. this ghost face killing in you know halloween of i don't i assume it's supposed to be 2022 i don't know cuz they said like we came, we got here like 6 months ago summer semester so like that's what mm-hmm. i'm assuming is that this is like a few months after not even quite a year after the events of the last one, mm-hmm. um, so because was Tara a senior or was she a junior? I don't know because okay, so the t- uh, what I'm remembering is they for sure say Kirby refers to <clears throat> 2022. Okay, she, she's like Richie and Amber was 2022, and so that could okay. So, so, that, so this is so this is like a year and a half later, or maybe or maybe or maybe that's just like. I no, I think you're right. I think it is only six months later. I think it's like okay. a semester. So yeah. I guess she was a okay. senior. Uh or or maybe it was like senior senior year of like like early senior year as opposed to like second semester senior year. Right, like fall senior year. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's when it took place. I don't remember when Scream Five took place. Um I don't think it took place in January, but also it's California, so who knows? Um in any event, uh uh what I would love to see is it has now been longer, a much longer period of time from the events of Scream 6 to the events of Scream 7. And Sam is, like you said, she's not a murderer, she's a killer. and But she still has this desire of, like... I I want to I want to kill somebody. Yeah, like, I, I and I feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. But like I don't want to kill anyone innocent, but I want to kill somebody because that's that's Billy. Billy is right. her voice, her id, taken shape, given a voice. Right, totally. And and it's now been so long that like she's starting to like look at rude people yeah. and be like, should I kill that person? No, 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 I can't. Oh my god, what the hell am I thinking? You know, and like dealing with that, and then. Kirby in Atlanta or wherever the hell she's stationed, the cold open is her arriving on the crime scene of a new Ghostface murders that have nothing to do with them. And she calls them up and she's like, this is my chance to go kill something. And actually goes to hunt that Ghostface. Great. Love it. That's what I want. That's what I want the next one to be. I was just like, and her having to explain to Tara, no, you don't understand. I, I need to. to do this. And this is like, no, the- you don't. This doesn't have anything to do with you. And she's like, no, 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 you don't understand. No, I, I need to do this. I need to do yeah. this, or it's going to be someone who doesn't deserve it. Right. Right. It, I, I might snap one day and k- kill that rude guy on the subway, but this right. is a ghost face, someone irredeemable. Let's- yeah. 
I have to quench this thirst that I have. Right. Oh, man. Come on. Right. Yeah. Isn't that good? Yeah. And then all of that plus it's Christmas. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Because it's like Christmas vacation. They're all maybe they're back in Woodsboro or maybe they're not. Maybe they're like doing something different. Like they're in L.A. Yeah. or doing something crazy for Christmas break. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Because like five and six now have been about satiating that hunger or right. releasing that, you know, that catharsis that can come from violence. So on a subconscious level, she's learned in two instances now this is how you stop the thing that's scaring you or chasing you. You stab it until it's dead. Letting it out on the right people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what happens if there is no right people for a while? I'm like that because like, I love the idea of a scream heroine not being the victim and going in as the hunter to be like, it's like Sam versus Ghostface. You know, it's like, no, I'm chasing this motherfucker down because- Like, it has nothing to do with me. They're not targeting me. It's just another copycat somewhere else. But I'm going to show up because I need to kill this thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she can, like, posture it as, like, well, I'm the only one. I'm the best shot of saving innocent lives. You know, it could kill again. Yeah. And the core four obviously go with her. And Um, then, like, one of them dies. And she's like, oh, my God, this is all my fault. A hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. They weren't even chasing um, us this time. And I got, yeah. like, Chad died somehow. Chad, Chad got his fucking head exploded or whatever. whatever, whatever. Oh, Chad has fucking hands. <laughs> that was so... I don't know if I ever saw... He was just decking ghost faces left and right, man. It was I mean, great. He's a big guy. He's a big dude. When he was in that yeah. cowboy outfit at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely the tank of the group. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Oh, um, um, another straight thought. I don't know which ghost face it was. But one ghost face had fucking reach. Yeah. He was coming in with those long, like, reaching through the window. And it was, I've never seen a ghost face do that before. Of just, like, lunging at people. Oh, this is what it is. This is what okay. it is. Okay. They're targ- the, the new ghost face is targeting Sydney Prescott again. That's how you get bring Sydney back. She's the main protagonist, and Sam just shows up and is like, no, it's actually me. I'm here, and I'm going to fucking kill yeah. this thing. <laughs> and she's like, you didn't even need to be here. <laughs> They're targeting me again. No, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. like that's And then that's how – and it's like a Christmas – it's like a holiday special, but like with Sydney and, and, and Sam on equal footing. Yeah, that could be cool. Yeah. Yeah, like bringing everybody in. <laughs> Everybody together. Right, where like Sydney's in it from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, and the cold open they 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 kill uh, fucking what's his name, her husband. Oh, oh, through. Mark. Yeah, she, they kill Mark in the cold open. Not Mark. <laughs> Not Mark. <laughs> wow, her kids. Her kids are probably like, yeah, because they're babies. They were in a stroller in Scream Five, so they're probably right, like, right. So they'd little, be they'd be little, little. Um, I don't know if I have like a wish list for Scream 7, but the idea of them continuing remaking the first trilogy. Mm. The So, you know, Scream 5 was kind of a remake of the first one. So Scream 7 being a remake of Scream 3. Uh-huh. What would that mean? And to me, that means going back to their origins. Mm-hmm. Secrets revealed about the Carpenter sisters, which is why, you know, I speculated on Discord. We might be getting Mama Carpenter in Scream 7. I liked that idea. And I think that that still plays with the concept of a Christmas set thing. Um, I I love that idea. And I loved your idea for Jessica Alba. I think that's perfect. 
yeah, I just kind of, I could just see her acting against Melissa Barrera. Yeah. That's really right. good. I like that a lot. Um, I, I think that I, I, uh, the meta side of things, I think, especially if Gail is still around in the next one, I would like to see Gail going up against a investigative journalist um, documentarian mm-hmm. who's doing like a true crime documentary. She says like, oh, true crime uh, limited series. Everything's true crime li- limited series now. And it's like, yeah, OK, ah, that's funny. But like, I think the more interesting take would not be like a remake of of Stab as like a, a limited series, but yeah. a documentary filmmaker coming into town and fucking with Gail in that, like, maybe she's better at her job than Gail is. I don't know. Um, right. Or, like, more shameless. Yeah. Like, that kind of, like, look, man, there's a bottomless pit of content that we need to fill. Yeah. If I don't... There's already three Ghostface docs in the works. One for Hulu, one for HBO Max. And if I don't get there first, I'm fucked. Yeah. So get out of yeah. my way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That There's that. There's also the idea of, like, going the opposite, where, like... She's like, wh- like this documentarian is way more structured and specific right. because she's like, no, 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 I have to get, I have to get people to sign, you know, clear, like to, to clear their, their, their whatever, you Ooh. know, like th- that whole thing of like yeah. all of like these that- rules that you have to follow. And Gail's like, no, I just do whatever I want. And they're like, that's insane. How, <laughs> how does anyone let you publish anything uh-huh. when you act like that? Yeah. <laughs> I like, I, I like, I like Gail being bad cop. Yeah. And like a button up, like a cardigan wearing podcasting, like hipster. As yeah. like, I definitely want it to be a documentarian, not a podcaster. No mm. more podcasters in stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not even podcasts from Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, it's just it's never been done well. It's never been done well. Yeah. Um. um yeah, I don't. I'm kind of going in with with Clear Horizons with Scream Seven. Like, yeah, because you know Scream Three, they went to L.A. I kind of like them. I kind of want them to keep going to new locations. Sure. Like yeah. they never. What, what was what would Scream Europe be like? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. That that that's interesting. I Roma. Think, I think I would also be fine if it stayed in New York as long as it was Christmas. Yeah, that would like, like give it a new flavor. You know. Yeah. Going back to what we've been saying, I think there's enough. Un, there's there's enough New York stuff they didn't do in this one that I'm yeah. not over New York as a setting for these movies yet. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so I don't know. A uh, lot of I think there's a lot of interesting places you can take the next one, and that's I think the most exciting part about this franchise is that like it has so much life left, so yeah. much life. Yeah, very similar to how I felt walking out of Creed Three, where it's incredible that you know these are decades old franchise, and so much talk about how nostalgia and all, but like these feel more invigorated and like even with people younger than us yeah. that are like can't wait for the next screen movie can't wait for creed 4 and that's that's so crazy yeah yeah absolutely um man yeah it's oh god it's gonna be so interesting i wonder how soon they're gonna announce scream 7 scott i want to i want to just take a moment as we're wrapping up sure to remember where we were like 2020 not like bad bad example you know i guess like as <laughs> as scream fans you know going from where we were before 5 to now mm-hmm. 
where it was like, oh man, I love Scream. I really think there's some juice left in this old horse. If 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 it just had a chance to live again. Now, boom, we're talking about like spinoffs. It's a blockbuster opening with these like young actors that everyone's obsessed with. Like it feels more vital than it did ever before. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it was it was. I think the biggest problem with the Scream franchise happened with Scream 3. I think, and I know Scream 3 has its defenders and people really like it, and I like parts of it, but I don't think it's written particularly well. And I think the issue with Scream 3 is that it is trying to remix the formula of Scream and Scream 2 and like now let's do that again a third time instead of what Kevin Williamson wanted to do which was like throw all of that on its head and do a completely different thing and really like keep it going and then try to do that again with four and then was cock blocked by the Weinsteins Um, and and so uh, you know I think that Kevin Williamson always knew what the franchise needed to be to stay healthy and vibrant and keep going, which Mm -hmm. is do new shit. And I think that when this new movie, this new franchise started, I think he came because he produces these movies. And so I think he came to the, when radio silence came to them, I think they probably had the most interesting pitch for longevity. And that's why they got this. Yeah. Like not just a force awakens, not just a love letter. Right. But like, we can actually think we can take this, evolve with this and take it further right. than you know and, and, and make it feel vital make it uh, make it feel like it's living in our current media landscape right right because if if scream 3 hadn't been what it was which was just a regurgitation of what we've already seen more meta than ever you know borderline like a spoof borderline a spoof yeah i would almost i would i would call it a spoof i mean it's just tonally it's completely different than the other ones mm. um and he has Jay and Silent Bob in it as themselves for fucking Christ's sake. <laughs> um, and and so, like, yeah, if it hadn't been that, I I and it had been like, OK, now we're going to like switch gears and do something a little different this time, because like I'm Kevin Williamson and I'm tired of writing the same movie over and over again. Mm-hmm. I want to say something new. I think that like then the whole lifeline of the series would have been different because then I think scream three cements the scream in the eyes of the public at that time as like, okay, this is what it is. You know, that this is, this is what a scream movie is forever. It's ghost face killings. Who's the killer killer reveal in a locked room, kill the killer. Everybody walks away. Happy ending. Um, and, and I think that's the, that that's what I am so excited about with the future of this is because like that added element of Sam maybe being a killer is like an evolution of what they wanted to do with Jill of like right. making her the protagonist of a trilogy who is also the killer. Yeah. It's taking that exciting idea and like hella carrying it over to a new story. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a baby with plants, uh, you know, like a seed. Right. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I, I just think we're in a really exciting time with this. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really pumped about that. I think it's great. Sky gave me an idea. Um, so I know I told you about the actual post credit tag. Uh huh. But imagine another one where we cut back to the you know the floor the 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 pavement where the ghost face mask has been left by Sam. Uh huh. It's on the ground. Everyone's starting to pack out, pack, leave the crime scene. Uh, two pairs of foot footsteps appear in frame over the mask. 
And you hear a voice say, hey, Lunchbox, somebody dropped their fucking mask. Look at this. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> They're back. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, horrible. Um, oh, and then one other thing I want to say is that t- talking about Danny, um, mm-hmm. one of the things that I thought of while I was watching this is like, what if wh- like, wh- you know, what would be really fucked up is if Danny is the killer in the next movie. Yeah. And he's playing the long game. Yeah. He was like, no, oh, you were right. Just not yet. I wasn't done he- with my plan. Right, right. Because one of the an energy that I got off of him a lot is a slight Stumacher energy. Sure, a little weird, a little manic. Yeah, where like you could totally, if you said in the next movie that it turns out that he was like his brother or his cousin or I don't know, whatever the fuck. Yeah, um, or, oh, related imagine... to Stumacher in some way. I, I would be like, oh yeah, I would buy that. I would buy that uh, he's related to Matthew Lillard. Two things. One, yeah. I really like the idea of he is he he is a killer, but it's almost like a like a you situation where he was like, I had I am a serial killer and maybe that's why we're attracted to each other. But I wasn't planning to kill you at all, but I am a serial killer. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, and, and when you mentioned Stu, you reminded me of uh, the during the the Mindy Kirby heart to heart. Yeah. The there's reference to the theory that Stumacher is still alive, right? And um, that could be Endgame. That could be like Scream Eight, right? Yeah, that's interesting. It's yeah, because like a... they they reference him a lot. They reference because they they bring up the TV a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, that's interesting. It's like um, a head in a jar. Yeah, man, <laughs> head in a jar on a robot. Sid, oh. I always had a thing for you, Sid. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, uh, 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 spiders like kind of echo of that line of like I always wanted to stick something in you. So I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I was like, just like this the the stew line. I'm like, that comes out of nowhere. I wasn't picking up that vibe <laughs> at all. You're not um, fooling anyone, stew. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I always had a crush on love <laughs> Sydney, please. Yeah. Um. So yeah, same time, same time next year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see them announce that because I'm anxious to see if they've got more juice in the jar or if they're like they're like no, this was it for us. Like we did this one and now we're done. Yeah, you know what's weird? Uh, uh to bring up our screen five episode one more time. Uh, when we were doing this part, when we were speculating, we would, we didn't even know that the Carpenter sisters were coming back. Yeah, right. Like we didn't know anything, and it, it, it's interesting being in a similar boat now. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, now I assume the core four will return, but will I? I assume like there's no way they set up like the core four and kept them all together and alive and whatever without having a plan for seven. So I'm sure they're going to come back and do a seven. Mm-hmm. But will it stop there? Who knows? Yeah. Only time will tell. Yeah. What so. a crazy it just it's just now hitting me how crazy it is to have like Creed and this and now Evil Dead. Like, yeah, all series that we've covered so recently on the show. Yeah. Now, will we get a three year wait before uh, the next scream while uh, Radio Silence goes and makes their Mr. Holland's opus or 
<laughs> or what are, what are we doing? Yeah, what are we doing? Are you guys going to make another one right away? Or <laughs> Yeah. Um, also, I guess to bring it full circle, I just could really use uh, Samara Weaving in, in an entire movie again. Yeah. What was the last thing she did in an entire movie? Um, probably Babysitter, Babysitter 2. No. Um, really? Because she was in Babylon, but like, you know, for two minutes. But she was great. Did she play her stunt double or something? She plays like uh, an actress that starts off as like a big star. And then uh, Margot Robbie's character, like Sunset Boulevard's her. Oh, I see. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot she was in. She was Thea. Oh, man. Oh, um, Bill and Ted face the music. Yeah, no, she's great. <clears throat> um, oh, her last like lead performance was the valet that Hulu romantic comedy. Oh yeah, or it's like I'm a Mexican. <clears throat> what do you, what do you yeah. know? What do you, what do you think about that? Where they where they like pre- they have to pretend to be dating because like the press saw them together or something. Yeah, yeah. and and she doesn't want people to know that she's dating like a married actor. Mm-hmm. So she has to pretend that she's dating him. Yeah, was that you? Uh, Any other guys? Neither did I. Never saw it. I feel like uh, I should. I don't know. It looked fun-ish. Um, I don't know. Was, I'm anyway. trying to think if that was Eugenio Derbez as the valet. I think I saw like, a commercial <clears throat> for that. Uh, you, is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is him. He was the voice of Donkey and 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 all the Spanish dubs of Shrek. Oh, that makes sense. Made him a lot of money. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it looks like he has a very similar. Uh, similar <laughs> uh, 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 first appearance in the movie as uh, Shang-Chi. It's like the same joke. Oh, yeah. Of like, look at this expensive car he's driving. Oh, oh he's just not, a valet. It's not his yeah. car. <laughs> yeah, he's a valet. Oh, I see. Um, <clears throat> You know, when you mentioned the uh, the podcaster, or the, not, not the podcaster, the documentarian. Yes. I was trying to think of who would be fun, and my, the first name that popped up was Amanda Seyfried. <clears throat> oh, I like that. Yeah. Jennifer's body. Right. That's fun. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I do like that. That's good. I think I like when she plays bookish. For sure. Yeah. Like nebbishy, she, like she, nerdy. She sells it like mm-hmm. more than you would think so, considering like <laughs> how she looks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah you, I you, would you, never believe her as a nerd. But like, no, you totally will. She's really good at it. She's like queen of the nerds <clears throat> in the, the dropout. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, Dark she's Queen a good Nights. actress. Yeah, there's like no other legacy characters that I give a shit about seeing from here on out. Like Kirby was like number one on my list. Yeah. No, I mean everyone else is like dead, right? Yeah, Park, like, Parker Posey's dead. Yeah, they could bring back the uh, they could bring back Gail's cameraman from Scream Two. <laughs> hey, Gail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he's alive. Oh, this is like Scream Two. Yeah, he's alive. Scream Two cameraman. Yeah. Yeah, Scream 2 cameraman. <laughs> He's like president of the network now. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best decision I ever made. I would have died. <laughs> My advice, going gets tough, get the fuck out of <laughs> That would be great if that's the whole reason he's in the movie, is just to bail again and survive. <laughs> yes. Nope. Uh, who else is still alive? Um, everyone dies in Scream 3, I feel like, except for Mark. Right. So yeah, I Mark. would love I would love Mark to come back just to die. That would be yeah. great. Mark um, definitely. I think everyone in four. That was another problem with the sequels is like here's all these interesting characters. Oh, they're all dead, but at least Gale, Dewey, and Sydney are alive. I guess, yep. man. But yep, yep. 
Yep, hundred percent. So um, I feel I feel hypocritical. I don't know. Yeah. So it's like yeah, yeah. Well, so we'll see. We'll we'll see, we'll see what happens with. I that's think the, the, that's that that's the thing about about the screen movies though is that like because they're one of the only horror franchises that have protagonists that move forward. Mm-hmm. You do care about them, and you genuinely don't want them to die. But also, as a horror franchise, it gets silly and suffers from the fact that they don't die. Yeah, um, so, like yeah, they're like like Chad's gonna have to get a Mortal Kombat level death in eight for me. To- <laughs> yes, Mortal Kombat. I, that was a fun joke too when the when they when they hit the mannequin head. And he's like decapitation, decapitation. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> Uh, yeah so a fun uh, time at the I love, movies i love chad in this so much oh he's great um, he's so great in this like he was barely anything in the in in five but like he's so great in this so. oh man when he's like hyping up ethan at the party like you're a snack man you can do this like yeah oh good for you is this guy a snack and she's like eh. no that's good like, that's that's good yeah <laughs> it's better than nothing <laughs> That's funny. It's kind of sad because he lost his buddy because you got to get the feeling that Wes was his Ethan before. Right. You know, and he's like, he needs like a nerd to kind of bounce off of. Oh, man. But what if like, what if he like bounces off of um, Danny in the next one? Like, oh, like my bros. God, I would fucking love that. If like Chad this... and Danny are like best buds, like hanging out, <laughs> watching yeah. sports together, you know, like the whole deal. <laughs> Because it, because in this one he was very like you know obviously like don't trust you get the fuck out of here, but right. you know in the years so like oh this dude's tight like we can bro down, yeah oh man that would be great, yeah what if the next one has a wedding? Whoa the wedding of Tara and Chad? No I was gonna <laughs> wow no I was gonna say Danny and Sam. Oh okay. The older oh, the, ones, the two people that are like out of college and as just yeah. yeah, the two more age appropriate for marriage. That's funny. characters. Yeah, dude, that'd be crazy. Yeah, um, Gail's Gail will be at the wedding. I guess that, that's yeah. a wedding's a good oh, way to bring a bunch of people in. Oh, you know what though? That's very true. But you know what? I bet they wouldn't have any interest in that because that's ready or not. Like she's wearing a wedding dress. Yeah, it's already been done. Yep. They've already they they've already done it. Like specifically right. them. Yeah. I th- I bet they wouldn't be super interested in that. But like that would be cool if like another another director takes a swing at this series down the road. That would be a cool way to get everybody together. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we could we could talk all day about God damn it, this franchise has so much juice left in the tank. I can't wait. I can't I I just like but just give me a new one. Every every like twelve to eighteen months, just throw me another one. I'm ready. Just like yeah, yeah re refuel the yeah, remix the cast. People will come and go, but yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway. We will <sighs> be back next week with Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. Crazy. Evil Dead Rise next week. Uh we are very far removed from that movie like that movie we, we we've got like a month before a, mo- a month and a half or something like that before we get to see that movie um because we'll we'll have to record that right before it comes out because it comes out it, it's out now like at like today as of you guys hearing this episode it's out and wow. so we'll have like we have to watch it and record it get it out next week um because it's just how it shook out on the schedule but uh yeah, but right now we're recording this the weekend of Scream Six coming out, and so yeah, we got we got a long wait before 
before that one. A few weeks. Plenty of time for do they know do they know what what franchiseography is at this point? Oh yes, yes, yes. Because the between episode we, we okay. announced in the between episode. Yeah, cool. So we'll, well, we're going to well, be getting some Apatow recordings yeah. in between here and there. Hope you're enjoying all that talk about dicks and pussies and fucking and stuff. <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. They haven't heard that stuff yet. I sure um, have. Yeah. Well, I, I haven't I know, yet because I haven't, no I haven't watched the movie yet. But yeah. yeah. But for now, <laughs> stay safe, stay sweet. Core four. Bye, everybody. 